Wing Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Welcome to part eight from Interviews from the Deck at Sun and Fun 2021. These are the interviews from April 16th, live from the deck at Sun and Fun Radio. Don't forget, you can go to snfradio.com if you want to hear all the other interviews that are out there. These interviews we're going to uh, actually play here in this episode are the ones that were done by the team at the Stuck Mike Avcast. We have 11 interviews, so let me go over all those different 11 interviews uh, that we're going to have in this upcoming episode. First, we're going to go with uh, Carl Grove. Carl Grove is from AC Aero. We're going to talk a little bit about airplane engines at uh, AC Aero. Second up is Lee Lauterbach from Stein 51. He's going to talk about the importance of recurrent flight training. And, of course, he's the one that flies the P-51 Mustang in the air show. Absolutely incredible show. Uh, next up is going to be Mark Lampy. Mark Lampy is from Captain Santa Claus. He makes ties uh, and other uh, products that have an airplane and a Santa Claus in it. But what's really cool is a lot of the money goes towards raising money for people who are hearing impaired. And uh, it's at CaptainSantaClaus.com. Really cool stuff, especially if you're someone who's an airline pilot or just interested in wearing a, a seasonal tie uh, during uh, you know holiday seasons with Santa Claus and other things on there. Next up is Tal Clark from Aircraft. Uh, talks about aircraft ownership simplified, and he's from CoFlight. CoFlight.com is Tal Clark. It really is interesting the product he has that simplifies uh, your maintenance and also if you have a shared airplane. So that's a really interesting interview. If you're thinking about sharing an airplane, but you want to figure out how to go about uh, managing that. Fifth interview is uh, Women in Aviation, Women Shine, Mary Wolf and Jennifer Datz. They, uh, they'll be on from WAI.org. Next up, interview six, is David St. George from the Society of Aviation and Flight Educators, uh, safepilots.org. Great organization. I'm a member, and I think it's terrific. Uh, you'll learn a little bit about uh, SAFE and what they do for flight instructors. Next, we have air show pilot Patrick McAlee. He's been on the show before. Uh, really interesting. Uh, he's a, a very inspirational individual. High energy, high energy show. Uh, really fun to listen to. Number eight is uh, Daniela Knoll uh, from Bushcat. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that name right. Uh, and the, she actually is with Fly Aerosport, and they're going to talk specifically about the Bushcat, Bushcat Light Sport. And uh, it is a neat aircraft. You've probably seen it on some of the YouTube videos. Amazing short field performance and a lot of fun. Big tires, that type of thing. Uh, next up is Shavana Reed from Pipistrel to talk about the Panthera. And uh, she's with Wright Rudder Aviation, one is that one of the companies that's actually promoting and marketing the Panthera. Learn a lot about that airplane. 
Next episode, or excuse me, uh, interview number 10 is Steve Anderson talking about the Pitts, the Husky, the Eagle from Aviat Aircraft, some amazing aircraft, uh, lots of fun. It's fun to listen to him. And last up, David Bush from Honda Generators talking about power equipment and generators and also the Honda flight team and uh, also the you know what, what they've done for aviation uh, you know, by land, sea, and air. Uh, they're involved very much in aviation with Honda Generators. So those are the 11 interviews. Uh, hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy those. I know it's going to be a long one. You can always hit pause and go back to listening to it later. But uh, these are just the interviews that we did at Sun and Fun. So don't forget snfradio.com. You can listen. You also listen right now, liveatc.net slash snf if you want to get your fill of Sun and Fun 2021 or just come here to the Stuck Mike Avcast and enjoy the interviews. Well, let's go listen to those interviews. Now entering cruise flight. With us today is uh, AC Aero USA, ac-aero.com. And these are the folks that both have Carl Grove and also George Sturgis. They're going to tell us a little bit about what AC Aero is. Hey, guys, welcome to the deck. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Um, one of the things I would love to talk about is, first of all, what AC Aero is and, uh, and also the products that you, uh, that you have. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, AC Aero, we're, uh, we're an engine manufacturer. Um, we're based out of Delaware, and uh, we manufacture a number of different products. Uh, the primary product line that we have is the uh, Higgs two-stroke diesel. Um, that's a brand new sort of um, engine that we have to the market. Um, very, very interesting technology. Um, it's another diesel engine, but what di- what separates this engine from other diesel engines is the fact that its technology is uh, it's not a compression ignition diesel engine. It's a combined cycle technology engine. So what that means, we have um, a stepped piston inside the motor that actually has, it does two different things, hence the word combined cycle. Right. So you've got a, a compression and a pumping action happening at the same time. So when the combustion happens, it's pulling air in through the reblock. Um, it's then priming the adjacent cylinder with air, fuel gets added, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. Um, it has a traditional wet sump lubrication, um, and it's uh, obviously liquid-cooled. Um, and to give you an example of some of the performance, our Hawk E330 JG um, is a 330 cubic inch engine. It weighs 306 pounds uh, with 350 horsepower naturally aspirated. Um, so lots and lots of performance. Um, and if you compare that to its direct, or, you know, sort of a, a comparison would be the Lycoming 540, for example. Um, that engine, you know, depending on which variant you're talking about, is about 100 pounds heavier. Um, we have 100 horsepower more than the 540, uh, and of course you're able to burn jet A at, you know, depending on where you are in the country, at three bucks a gallon. So um, wow. a very interesting product line. Um, so yeah, it's uh, just uh, we're very happy to be here and excited to talk to everyone, and everyone seems very excited to talk to us. Oh, that's for sure. 100 pounds less and uh, 100 horsepower more and a lot less fuel burn. You can't beat that. Uh, Absolutely, sure. yeah. You know, talking about uh, liquid cool. So you have the liquid cooled lycomings, correct? You said that, right? We do, yes. Yeah, it's a completely separate line. Um, so we can take any air cooled lycoming engine, three twenty, three sixty, five forty, and we have kits to convert those to a liquid cooled engine. Um, so we have a, a an aluminum banked cylinder uh, called the Gladiator uh, for the four cylinder and the Centurion for the six cylinder. 
um, and that allows you to convert your air-cooled Lycoming um, uh, with greater capacity. So you're going to convert your 360 to a 390, uh, your 540 to a 583, all the benefits of liquid cooling, um, you know, uh, constant cylinder head temps, even cylinder head temps. Uh, you don't have to excessively uh, overcool the engine with fuel on your ascents and in different scenarios. Um, it's much lighter. Um, than the air-cooled cylinders, uh, parallel valve, angle valve. So just lots and lots of benefits with those, with those kits that we've just come out with. And the thing I'm missing, George? Uh, the combustion chamber design is all. <laughs> sure, sure. So uh, one of the key components to it is, in, in addition to being water-cooled and maintaining your temperatures better or, and the ability to reject heat, is it has a new compact wedge, fast-burn-style combustion chamber like you would have in your, in your new engines, which enables you to run... Uh, high compression with low octane fuels. So whether it's low octane mo gas or or mo gas or low octane uh, future aviation fuels, you're not going to have to worry about an engine that can't perform anymore. Right, that's for sure. Hey, oh by the way, you know one thing I forgot to mention. You're here, right, on the campus. We are Sounds absolutely. Fun. So where, if they're uh, listening and they're on their way in here, where can they find you? So you wanna you wanna make your way over there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe give us a few minutes to get back there. We've got one guy on the stand. Uh, but we're in Hangar D, D6 and D7, just right across from, uh, from the good, good guys at Best Hugs. And to find you on the Internet, did I give them the right website there? Is it ac-aero.com? That's correct, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the team ASAP and the ASAP Build Center. Yeah, George, you want to take that? Yeah. Okay. We are the uh, U.S. distributor and build center for AC Aero's products and components. Uh, we're at uh, Lima 4-5, which is the... Airport in Bakersfield, uh, California. Oh. Uh, in addition to our aircraft repair facility, we have a uh, 17,000 square foot or 20,000 square foot FBO. So we're a full service facility where we can build your engine, modify your engines, sell the uh, AC Aero parts and their product line, and then do your firewall forward. Fly in, fly out, we'll, we'll put your firewall forward engine on for you. If I have a uh, motor right now that I need to send you, do you, uh, do you do loaner programs, rental programs, that type of thing? Uh, we'll do – we have a n- number of cases and engines that are there. So uh, either you send yours in and wait for us to build it or we exchange you out and gotcha. give you credit for what you have. Or you just sell your complete good engine today and buy our complete uh, new Better engine, engine tomorrow. Right. Right. <laughs> and you can find that on, online, and the website would be team-asap.com. That's correct. All right. Any specials you have, by the way? We didn't mention that. Um, yeah, we've got, we can deal. <laughs> yeah, come on over. I mean, the, the beauty is we've been working on this technology for a long time. So um, the Higgs two-stroke diesel is, uh, you know, sort of getting hyped up right now. We want to we sort of push that. But uh, uh, the Lycoming liquid-cooled engines, we have those in stock. We're ready to go. George is just waiting there, ready to build. We're building engines right now. Um, so, yeah, just uh, check out the website. Come on by, and uh, we'd, be, we'd love to talk to you. And you, you folks have been around for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, Andrew Higgs is the original sort of, he's the, he's the inventor. He's the, uh, uh, you know, crazy inventor in the background that's been working on the, the Higgs two-stroke engine for a, a long time, you know, almost a decade. Uh, but he and I have been working together now for about four or five years. You know, we've been racing Arena. We've been sort of developing some of the technology. I mean, we went uh, 368 mile an hour down the Valley of Speed Arena in 2019 with uh, a previous product, a previous cylinder. Uh, it's actually the same combustion chamber that we have now on the AX42 and 43, which are the liquid-cooled cylinders. Um, so, yeah, we decided to partner up and uh, form AC Aero, and now we're sort of at that point of fruition where we've got the product ready to go, and, you know, we're going to hit the market with it. 
as a as someone that owns a motor, um, one of the most important things is, you know, when I'm going to do an STC or something like that is support. Uh, having been through that scenario for myself, maybe a horror story I won't tell, but uh, how about support? afterwards because I, th- I think that's really important yeah and, and that's the reason why team asap are on board you know they have a, a large facility there in bakersfield um they can provide assistance with the refit process they can help you with the firewall four changes uh we've actually got an rv10 that we're building right now which will be uh which will receive the hawk e330 on the front end so that's going to be an rv10 with 350 horsepower 800 foot pounds of torque um, and I think I think you guys are working on a refit kit to sort of offer RV10 owners, correct? That's correct. So maybe you could speak towards that too. Like if my mechanic calls and you guys can talk to each other. So I'm I'm out of town. I'm I'm working, and I say I give it over to my mechanic. Say, hey, listen, can you fix this for me? Uh, will you work with my mechanic? Yeah. So we're not going to let your mechanic build the whole thing from the beginning. Right. However, if you have an issue or anything of that nature, we're going to solve that issue. We're going to. Because obviously, with say for example, you did the uh, Lycoming retrofit. Right. You know, we're going to have different tolerances, different clearance, different ringing gaps, things of that nature than you'd have with your standard Lycoming. Yeah. Yeah. So Addi- how- additionally, one thing we didn't mention is that we also uh, do stroker cranks for the Lycoming. Oh, that's engines. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. <laughs> you might. So, in addition to the water cooled cylinders, it just depends on if a person wants to go mild or wild. So yeah, we can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that. You know, there there are folks that uh, are, would just be happy to, you know, have a, an Avgas solution where they they don't have to worry about the future of Avgas and how it's going to affect them. So they go the water cooled cylinder without it, trying to increase horsepower in any way. However, for those that wish to uh, increase cubic inch and increase horsepower. Uh, we have a product line of uh, stroker cranks. We can, and there there are those that wish to stay air cooled. So we can take uh, your uh, average air cooled Lycoming and turn a 320 or 360 into a 409 right. parallel valve. Uh, we can turn it into uh, an angle valve 440 if that makes you happy, or we can turn it into a water cooled uh, Gladiator uh, 440 cubic inch. Uh, for the four-cylinder or on the six-cylinder to a 660-cubic-inch six-cylinder. That one makes me happy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we just have another minute left here. First of all, we make sure we know where we can get in touch with you. ac.aero.com if you're listening here on liveatc.net slash SNF. Uh, They're also at D6 and D7 over in the D hangar. Uh, They're friendly people to talk to, uh, and also they are willing to spend some time to discuss your specific needs. Also, don't forget team-asap.com. They're the U.S. distributor and the the build center. Uh, So, George, Carl, really appreciate you guys coming here today. Uh, Did I get everything? Is there anything else you want to tell them before we go? No, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Come check us out at Reno. We'll be there with the race plane and uh, awesome. pushing that engine to the limit this year. Don't forget to check out Lee Lauderback. It's amazing, his show in the P-51 Mustang. As a matter of fact, Stallion 51, guess who is here? Lee Lauderback. Hey, Lee, how's it going? It's great to see you again this year. Carl, it's great, especially <laughs> after taking a year off. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's uh, one of those things we've been talking about. We're back, aren't we? Yeah, we're back, and glad to be uh be part of it and see the world going back to a normal. Uh, yeah, normal as normal as we can be. The new normal it is, as we uh, with social distancing and also the, the masks and all. One great way to do some social distancing is in an airplane. We're going to talk a little bit about recurrent training. Uh, but uh, you, as far as performing in the air show, remind us, you're going to be performing throughout the week, correct? Yeah, I, I flew Wednesday in the uh, normal show, Carl. And uh, 
I uh, will get to open the night show for Saturday night, which is my favorite time yeah, to fly. Yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous, I tell you. It's amazing. Tell us a little bit about that as far as why it's different. Well, one is the heat level's down a little bit. The sun's going down. Um, the air is smooth. And you just sort of get settled in. And, and uh, it just keeps getting better as the whole demo goes by. You know, Lee, as uh, most people realize, uh, if you have a lot of experience in something, you're able to impart knowledge to other people. Uh, you have quite a bit of experience in the P-51. As a matter of fact, you recently surpassed 10,000 hours in that. Uh, one thing that I'd love to impart to people is that even with 10,000 hours, we're always still learning, aren't we? Every day, absolutely. And, and you know, part of the thing, and, and it's almost like speaking a language, of learning and and uh the more you speak the language the better you get at it and uh i my goal is to learn something about the mustang every time i fly it and we can do that as pilots we can actually no matter the level of flying we can always get better flying and as a matter of fact i think something that's really important is from the airline pilot to the newbie pilot, it's important to have some recurrent training, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. And, and, you know, it's not only the recurrent training, uh, but it's proficiency, which plays right back into the recurrency side. So, uh, Carl, as you realize, it's it's a cycle that never really ends if you're going to be at the top level Mm -hmm. of your performance as a pilot. So how do you do that? I mean, how do you, how do you get that uh, proficiency? I mean, is there a formula? Well, in my case, I've been really blessed to get to fly the Mustang almost every day for 34 years. And so going out and, and uh, getting to fly the airplane, and then the second phase of that, it, I'm a firm believer, when you start to teach something is when you really begin to learn it yourself. And uh, so in that application, I... Uh, I really sort of get to embrace more and pass that knowledge on, but I also get to educate myself in a sense of little nuances and little things about the aircraft. With our aircraft, say we have a, a Cherokee, we're going we're gonna to do the same, hopefully. We're going to learn the little nuances because every airplane is different. Uh, you know, we, we look at you and we say, wow, but he's flying a P-51. Uh, you know, everybody, no matter what level, needs to do that and keep proficient. It's so true. In in other words, it's just a different application, different techniques. But whether it's an ultralight or whether it's a Cherokee or a Cessna, uh, a Learjet or a P-51 Mustang, uh, the recurrent training side is just a very, very important side. It's not just getting in one time and learning the aircraft and then sort of going because your proficiency level, your abilities will be on a downslope. It's not too go downslope or even go on a level plane, but to continue a learning curve that is ascending instead of descending. And uh, with that, I do want to do a shout-out to my friends at the Red Knights and uh, the training squadron. They actually were so excited to hear you because well, the Texan too. you had a little bit of a, a, a background there, didn't you? You were involved in that. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, and uh, part, of the, part of the learning curve for me, again, is from the test pilot side. We started in the Mustang. I started in the Mustang world at the Naval Test Pilot School uh, doing qualitative evaluation work in the P-51. And you might say that what I learned from looking at the airplane from a test pilot standpoint became very valuable for the checkout training and passing that knowledge base on for things that have 
sort of the tribal knowledge, you might say, has, has sort of evaporated. So that whole thing from the test pilot side, I've really, really enjoyed and been involved in a lot of it. And uh, I'm still going to do programs in the future on the Mustang and the test pilot side. That's outstanding. We're excited to see you continue on. Uh, Lots of experience, a lot of knowledge to impart. As a matter of fact, uh, you're going to be speaking at the Victory Arsenal on uh, Saturday at 1130. What what are you going to be doing there? What type of seminar? Well, it's... It's going to be a collection from our side of a lot of experience. I've got not only myself, but I've got my key instructors in the Mustang. So there's probably going to be close to 17,000, 18,000 hours of Mustang experience uh, standing in front of the crowd. So it'll be a great time to ask questions about the Mustang. There's going to be a solid knowledge base there, you might say. And, uh, you know, I get to quote one of my great sayings is that, Thank God there were bombers and there never would have been fighters. So the B-25 will be parked right next to us. So we'll have some fun doing that. I'd like to invite everybody to come out. We're just going to really have a blast doing this. And there'll be not only knowledge, but a lot of history of, of the aircraft. Speaking of which, and we were talking about recurrent training, let's talk some fun stuff about flying the P-51. My gosh, that's a dream of so many people to be able to do it. Uh, but actually, you can fly the P-51, can't you? Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, we've offered uh, what we call the orientation, which is really the first part of a checkout training program. So uh, our standard joke is, can I go for a ride in your Mustang? The answer is no, you can't, but you can fly it. And uh, so dual cockpit, dual controlled airplanes, highly experienced instructors, and you'll get to fly the airplane as about aggressively as you're having fun doing. It's a hands-on experience. So we normally pocket the first takeoff, noisy, busy time, no feel of the aircraft. But after that, it's coaching you through a lot of things about the aircraft, stalling the airplane, looking at low-speed handling qualities, uh, aerobatics, looping it, rolling it, and... uh, just having a good time and in most cases coming back and actually landing the aircraft you know i love hearing the roar of that engine as it goes by <laughs> what's that feel like inside the cockpit you know if you said you can be inside or outside i said give me the outside <laughs> uh, i've always joked that you know you can go up there and, and do all the high performance maneuvering and hanging upside down and right side up the crowd loves just the high speed flyby you know, just get the airplane moving and with the power up and just flying by, you know, it, it has a signature of its own and a sound that's never been duplicated by any other aircraft, including the Spitfire. You love things that fly. And uh, one thing about you I think is amazing, you're a falconer. Are you still doing that? I still am. I've got two active birds. Uh, actually, Angela... Uh, has a Harris Hawk now also. So we're, we're doing more and more falconry work. Uh, these guys, nine years is like uh, we fly them every day. And uh, I learn a lot about aviation from those guys and watching what they do and how they do it. They are awesome aviators. 50 million years of evolution. <laughs> they, we just don't know that much about aviation compared to those guys. Have you ever compared the P-51 to the, the Falcons or the Raptors? Well, if you look at it, the Peregrine Falcon is the fastest animal on Earth. It's been clocked over 200, I believe it's 242 miles an hour in a vertical stoop. Now, here's a bird that weighs a little under one pound that can tuck and do aerodynamic shaping Mm -hmm. to allow itself to accelerate to 240 knots. They use it as a tactic for survival and, and running prey down like a duck or something and the impact uh, 
force equals mass times acceleration. Right. They hit the bird at a high speed, and it, it's catastrophic for the prey. Yeah, and it's so important that we continue on to, to make sure they still have a good environment to, to be in, too. And there's so many people out there doing so much great work with the Falcons and also with the aircraft. Uh, this is absolutely terrific. And a big shout-out to those at the Raptor Trust for, for keeping this alive and keeping the, these, these aircraft alive like you do and also the birds alive and in a wonderful environment. That hats off to you for doing that. Well, it's a, it's a great thing to do and, and certainly one of my passions in life. We can find you at stallion51.com, stallion51.com. We're talking to Lee Lauder back. Don't forget to see him and speaking at the Victory Arsenal on Saturday at 1130. Hello, this is Russ Rosleski from the Stuck Mike Avcast. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 7. I'm going to step in here for just a minute. We had a, we, we had a guest not show up. And I've heard that you can talk airplanes and aviation all day long. You guys have some special events coming up. Why don't you talk with Carl about your special events, and uh, we'll keep going until our next guest shows. We might get, get just another 15 minutes of fame. You never know. You've never awesome. I appreciate that, Dave. Because <laughs> uh, we, could, we could talk all day long. Uh, again, I was, I was letting people know that we're listening right now. Uh, stallion51.com is where you can find out more about uh, the aircraft. And, and I love the, the fact that you're involved in many different things. Very humble individual, Lee Lauderback, somebody who is consistently learning. Uh, we sometimes sit there and look at you in awe as to what you do with, with the P-51. Um, I really appreciate your experience and the fact you impart that knowledge to other people. Well, you know, it's, it's a pass-on kind of thing and, and to uh, share not only the knowledge but share the aircraft. And, and that's one of the most rewarding things that I've gotten to do in my career is uh, flying the aircraft with somebody else. I can go up and do a demo and I come back and I'm going, wow, that was fun. You know, let's go to dinner. But if I can take somebody up in the airplane, they'll be talking P-51 for weeks on end. (laughs) (laughs) You You can't shut them up. So it's fun to allow and share that. It's a piece of history. I mean, the guys that did it for real in the war, uh, you know, a little different mission. We're flying the airplane for fun, fun and to allow people to understand that the Mustang is its not a difficult airplane to fly. It's a difficult airplane to fly well. Oh. But it, like anything high performance, it has things you do and things you don't do. And that's a learning curve. And, Carl, in your world of, of aviation, you know, it's like a multi-engine airplane and trying to rotate before VR. Well, the outcome is not going to be good. And therefore, you know, again, things you do, procedures, but that's the high-performance world. And that's exactly what the Mustang is. It's a high-performance aircraft. So let's go a little bit towards the history, since you brought it up. Uh, When someone was going to fly this in the war, how would they actually move up to the P-51? Would they start off, say, in a Stearman? Well, Carl, exactly. Uh, The normal progression was steerman for for just primary training the t6 texan or the snj for uh advanced training and then into the fighters if that's the direction they're going uh one of the ironies of life and you talk history um we do a lot of our checkout training program and pattern work in bartow florida mm-hmm. just up the road here a few miles and you know here it is almost 80 years later and what are we doing we're still operating out of Bartow, flying P-51 Mustangs. It's got to be some kind of record. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. 
You know, a lot of people don't realize that storied history. We can go there for just a second. With, even within Florida, uh, you have Arcadia, where they, where they were teaching people how to fly, Bartow. As a matter of fact, uh, right down in Arcadia, we have a cemetery for some of the Royal Air Force cadets at the Oak Hill Cemetery there. And I'd love to point that out because what you're doing is you're connecting people to that history. This is history that some of those people that have lived here all their lives don't even know. Well, that's true. And, and even Lakeland had a, a, you know, a history from the war years and training bases and all of that. So it's rich, and that's one of the unique things about Florida. There's so many of the training ex- airports uh, that were training bases. And so it's nice. You don't have to go very far to find an airport in Florida. One of the things I think is really important is that we, we honor those veterans. And there's an easy way to do that is to honor their memories by learning and learning more about them and what they did. Because I think what's happening now is it seems like it seems like a picture to most people, like World War II, because we don't have those people with us. But, but you're actually bringing that picture to life. It, exactly. You know, one of the things that we reached out and, and some of the guys that I've gotten to fly with, you know, like R.A. Bob Hoover and, and Bud Anderson and, and some of the other really notable guys – in 2007, we did a gathering of Mustangs and Legends, and we had 85 P-51s along with 51 of the legendary guys and girls that made the Mustang what it is back in the combat days and even to today, to say thank you one more time. And you look back 13, 14 years later, and most of those individuals were gone. So really a special treat to gather those people up and say, hey, thanks for doing what you did. Um, you know, it made a difference in us, the freedoms we have today. And, and uh, you know, so important we don't forget those people or their message. You know, as we do that, as we reflect on that, we start learning more and more. And we start learning about uh, the Red Tails, you know, the Red Tail Squadron. And understanding uh, an important part of our history. And something that I would never have found out about unless I maybe saw you flying an aircraft and I said, gosh, I'm going to look this up, stallion51.com, and see. And there's some more information on there about the history. Yeah, there is. We have a history page on it and, and sort of, uh, you know, go through the history not only of the aircraft we're flying, which is a dual-cockpit, dual-controlled airplane, but the derivations of the P-51 Mustang from its origination, which was very unique, slide rules and drafting tables in a short <laughs> period of time. I'm not sure we could do that in today's world. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, this has been awesome having uh, Lee Lauterbach. I was going to have Eric Crump join us up here on the deck. Uh, uh, Eric is uh, filling in for uh, for lights. Lean House, he's, uh, we usually do the the you know the day with lights and in the morning. But uh, and the reason I'm bringing Eric up here is that there's there's two parts of this. There's there's the education of those aviators like me that have a little bit of experience and those that are just getting started in aviation. And that's Eric Crump, who's the director of aerospace at Polk State College. And and one thing I want to talk towards is the fact that even people at that level that are starting out can get the experience like the folks here at Stallion 51. And I am uh, I live constantly in uh, eternal jealousy of Lee Lauterbach. Um, <laughs> and uh, so all my students, I don't say all, a very large portion uh, come over uh, to see me to get their medical, um, and they get to watch you fly. We also share a friend in uh, Dennis Koshan. Um, and uh, so I, I hope that one day I can live vicariously either through you or Dennis in one, in one way or another. Um, yeah, if you could ever, if you could just point me in the right direction, I feel like I could probably fly it. I feel like maybe I could, I could do it, but um, 
I don't know, Eric. Well, here's the thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, Lisa, both of you, both of you are looking at me like, oh, now hold on a second. <laughs> so here's the here's the offer. Come on over. The keys in the aircraft. If Any, I, anytime you want. <laughs> Good deal. I think I might want a little bit of dual plea first before before we go down that road. But thank you for that. Yeah. So my my students, um, you know, range from. Uh, immediate graduates from Central Florida Aerospace Academy or, or some of our other local high schools to uh, veterans separating from, you know, multiple years of service with the armed services um, through, and I have, I've, have a 55 year old in my program right now, right. second retiree who's like, you know what, I've always wanted to be a pilot. I'm going to do this now. So it's a little bit of everything. Uh, the thing that unites them all, which is sort of what you guys are talking about, is this love and passion for aviation, right? And so it's so easy to do something that you just love. Um, it's hard. It costs a little bit of money. Um, but man, it's so much fun, and the view is amazing too. So, Lee, what would you say to to his students? And they're just getting started. You know, they look at you in awe. They're saying, "Wow, I could, I, I can't imagine being where you are." But they all started. You started right where they are right now. What would you say to those students just getting started right now? Well, you know, one of the great questions is like, "Well, how many hours do you have?" And they may very shyly say, "Well." I've got 25, and my comeback is always, I had 25 hours. I get it, you know, and all you have to do is have that passion, have that desire, you know. I, I saw a sign, I think you guys had it, you know, unsuccessful, you know, has successful <laughs> in it. It just got the un, just get um. rid of the un, and you're on your way. So um, I can identify with those, and, and that's the next generation. And, you know, you look at that, and, and I try to keep that in mind. I watched R.A. Bob Hoover fly Mustangs when I was like 14 years old and major inspiration on my life. And I was blessed to get to know Bob very well, get to fly with him. And I flew with him in the Mustang, the Shrike Commander, the Sabre Jet or the Sabre Liner. And we always compared notes and, and just had the best time talking aviation and certainly talking the Mustang. And he was a major inspiration. And, but I go from a young kid and all the way up through the chain and the ranks and, and you know, who is gone now. And so what can I do to inspire the next young, next generation kid that may be a fighter pilot? But someone like yourself, sometimes we look at and see the perfection in your performance uh, and think, gosh, you know, they probably were born to do, <laughs> being able to do this. Y- you've had challenges, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. You know, and one of my biggest disappointments is I always wanted to be a fighter pilot and I had all kinds of ratings I went to LSU I was major in aeronautical engineering ROTC but I knew I didn't have 2020 vision but being an optimist I'm going I'll figure out a way around this and you know but <laughs> when it came to read the 2020 line I just couldn't get there and and I wasn't I wasn't going to cheat on it so they said you'll never fly you'll never fly in the military and, and it was a little bit of a disappointment, but, you know, my challenge was great. I'll, I'll form my own squadron, fighter squadron. And in a sense, that's what I have. I have an operation that is completely run like a military operation. I've got military fighters, notwithstanding they're 75, 80 years old. But uh, I have yet to be retired out of the cockpit. Uh, the chain of command is just about right. <laughs> and, like uh, you know, I'm going to make that into a shirt. Yeah, that's that, a that good idea. I like that. Uh, I have the young kids flying F-18s and Hornets come up, and, and they're not going to their airplane. They want to crawl all over the Mustang. They go 
you have the best job in the world. I go, I absolutely do. You know, it's amazing how you've adapted and you've made such an amazing life out of, out of something that could have been something that would stop you, like your vision. Kind of one of the reasons I wanted to bring you up here, because I, I kind of knew that part of the story, and so did Eric had that same story, but was able to, to form actually the first baccalaureate degree in the state of Florida at a state school. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of incredible. First of all, I shared the vision thing, too. So uh, my uh, aunt uh, was uh, friends with uh, one of the somebody in the training department at Columbus Air Force Base. So I got to go in, get a T-38, and I thought, this is, this is it. This is my future. This is what I'm going to do. And while I'm sitting there in the cockpit, he looks at me and he goes, so, you know, you got those uh, Coke bottle glasses on, so you know you're not going to actually fly in the military. Right? I was like, what? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. And so that was not, that was really, it would have been better if he just explained it to me before I got up there, you know? That would have been great. But, and then later on, finally get my medical certificate, solo, do all that thing. I finally get through that part, then um, go to renew my medical um, and realized that my color deficiency, which was effectively tested before, that test no longer counts. So I lost my night flying privileges for nine months right as I was beginning my career as a corporate pilot. Do a lot of night flying. You know, that was a big yeah. deal. That could have been a, a deal breaker. Um, ultimately uh, managed to get through that, too. But, yeah, I think that goes back to passion, right? I mean, that's, that's, why, that's why you saw it through because some, you wanted it. I, I tell my students this all the time. There was nothing you could have put in front of me that would have prohibited me eventually from figuring out a way to fly an airplane. Like I would have, it didn't matter. Eventually it was going to happen because I love it so much. And then when I came to Polk, um, we were one of five state colleges that have an aviation degree program. And we looked at this and going, you know, a lot of, a lot of major airlines are looking at baccalaureate degrees when the FA released their guidance for the restricted ATP certificate. There was a huge benefit to having a bachelor's degree in that. But there were no state programs that had a bachelor's degree, and so we built one from scratch um, with the help of our sister colleges, managed to get that done and uh, launched that in 2014. And that was a huge was a huge accomplishment and something that I went into, I guess, just like in flight training. I had no idea what I was doing when I started it. I learned a lot from the process, and now a lot of other people are getting to benefit from it, which is awesome. Eric, we really appreciate you coming up here and also Lee Lauder back and, and allowing him to, to kind of squeeze into your spot here with the highlights <laughs> for the day. And, uh, you know, surely, Lee, the thing I admire the most is not so much the flying, it's the fact that, and I really wish I could do what you do in that airplane, is the fact he truly inspires mm-hmm. other aviators. And, and you really are an ambassador for aviation. And I think you don't realize how, much you, how many lives you've actually touched, but you sure have. And people... If you want to find out more about Lee and be inspired, go to stallion51.com. Lee, so much. I thank you so much for coming here. Carl, always a pleasure to work with you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, joining me on the deck here is somebody that uh, I love to actually talk about, and that's uh, Captain Santa Claus. Captain Santa Claus has an unique aviation gifts, of course, for those people that are enthusiastic about Santa and about Christmas. And you can find them, by the way, at CaptainSantaClaus.com. Mark Lampy, we've spoken before, and uh, I'm a- very excited to have you on the deck for two reasons. Not just to talk about Santa Claus, but about something else that's very unique. We'll get to that in a second. Welcome to the deck, Mark. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Hey, Mark, Good to see you again, Mark. Mark and I met. We're, we're friends from Showcase, so oh. he's been a guest on Showcase Live uh, in the past several times. So... Uh, 
Welcome back. It's good to see you. Good again. to see you again. You're looking Dave. healthy. You're looking good. You're looking I'm glad great. to see it. Glad to see it. So, Carl, you uh, you, you go yep. ahead. I'll, I'll One stand of the things by. that is really exciting about your products is every holiday season, especially those of us that work for the airlines, we always want to do something unique. And the only way we're allowed to show our holiday spirit usually is through our ties, sometimes through our epaulets. And you've come up with this really cool product, and one I'm actually going to have my wife go over and buy one at the at the booth, is a, a tie with Santa Claus on there. And you are Captain Santa Claus. So tell us a little bit about the product, how you got it started, and why do they call you Captain Santa Claus? Well, thank you. Uh, we, we had this idea many years ago. I was actually an Air Force Reserve pilot, and we were tasked with a mission to Central America after a hurricane. Mm. And ironically, it was right before Christmas, late November, and so uh, before we got on the on the plane, I, I ran to the BX and got as many bags of candy uh, as that I could get, and threw that in the cockpit. And when we delivered our our uh, food and supplies to the kids in Honduras, we uh, we threw some candy over the fence at them too, and it was just it was hard to re- the smiles were fantastic, and I thought we were talking about it. I was like. Uh, Christmas delivery for the kids. So that's where the idea started. And then um, later on, we, we, we tried to uh, bring up the fact Santa's a pilot, you know, and we were telling our kids, some of my own kids, about that when they were little, you know, Santa flies all over the world. And <laughs> the back, wait a minute, what kind of plane does he fly? What's he do during the summer? So that's where we came up with our logo. Um, if you go to our website, CaptainSantaClaus.com, C-A-P-T, Santa uh, Claus. Um, so we, yes, uh, so we uh, developed that, and that's a little plane that he flies during the summer to keep his currency, his 90-day currency, his little, uh, with the tail number N1225. So uh, anyhow, and that's it's kind of grown, story. and uh, ironically, I needed uh, that website in the business uh, when I was furloughed. For my civilian job to pay some bills so uh we did that we started with scarves and neckties and uh some little items like that baby onesies <laughs> um and then over the years after i got my job back we uh, continued uh the website and sales at some air shows and now we donate to two uh to two uh, really good causes with our process Tell us a little bit about those causes you donate to, because I think that's really important for people to know. Yeah. Well, as a veteran myself, uh, we I like to donate to Disabled American Veterans, DAV.org, and uh, we do that every year. And then we also donate to American Hearing Impaired Hockey Association. Uh, I'm from the north, and uh, hockey was one of my interests as a kid, but uh, my wife is deaf, and uh, so she works with me in the booth uh, here at uh, Sun and Fun, but uh, your wife was deaf. Yes, uh, she wears two cochlear implants. Ah, okay. Because I was uh, going to say, I've had conversations with yes. her, <laughs> and uh, and that's wow. one of the things wow. we like to do is teach people a little bit about hearing impairment. There is a Deaf Pilots Association, and um, we also uh, help uh, deaf and, he- and hearing impaired kids. Uh, we send a kid to camp every year. Uh, wow, that's great! My wife Tony is she's uh, one of the trainers, the personal trainers for the kids off ice, and they work with kids from five to twenty-five years old, and um, and we send a kid to camp every year with uh, the proceeds from our now, company. The, the, those are the proceeds from your company, and you're here at Sun Fun, and you have a display. Where's your Where's your display? We're in Hangar A, uh, booth uh, fifty-four, A fifty-four, in Hangar A. So that's the first. So people, if you want to 
help out Captain Santa Claus so Captain Santa Claus can continue to help out those in need. Please stop by, check it out. Now, what all do you have in your booth? We've got a lot of uh, apparel. Uh, we've got, uh, besides uh, our original items, which were neckties, uh, blue and red neckties, like you were talking about, a lot of airline pilots, male and female, buy the ties. We also have scarves that uh, my wife, Tony designed. They're really pretty uh, scarves. We also have um, T-shirts um, with a logo of Captain Santa, colorful logo for young kids. And then uh, one of our daughters designed uh, our newest product line was a flying grandpa. I'm a flying grandpa, like <laughs> a regular grandpa, only way cooler. There you go. <laughs> and those are very popular, so grandma got a little jealous, so we decided to add a flying grandma and a flying mom and a flying dad and a flying kid T-shirt. So a little bit of fun for everybody in the family. That's me- great stuff. You mentioned that other organization briefly at the end. It was called the, the Deaf Pilots Association, that's and and I'm I'm excited to hear about that. Having uh, you know, I, in a previous life, helped deaf pilots learn how to fly, and I've been an able-bodied member of the Deaf Pilots Association for years. I think that's absolutely terrific what you do because I, I don't think people realize that if you're if you're deaf, you can fly. That's correct. Uh, we we ironically we were at another air show at the. Uh, uh, met Tony and she was signing with someone and uh, she was approached by the deaf pilots to help out in their booth uh, so she ended up uh, doing some uh, American Sign Language interpreting while they were giving a presentation uh, to a bunch of uh, uh, air show attendees so it is very uh, important to know that if you are deaf you can still fly especially with the new technology nowadays uh, cochlear implants and hearing aid uh, with the Bluetooth technology, it's fantastic. And also, we're, we're proud to say one of our daughters uh, helped a uh, Hall of Fame inductee in the Wisconsin Aviation Hall of Fame, Gene Hauser, was the first licensed deaf pilot in the state of Wisconsin. So uh, we love Gene, and she's a fantastic woman. But she, she bought her plane in 1964 wow. and flew it across country several times. Um, when I was two. Look at how old I am. She bought that airplane when I was two. I was born in 62. She bought the plane in 64. Did she say she's 64? In 1964, yeah, she I was too. Yeah, and I'm she, old. <laughs> she was totally deaf, but she would have a co-pilot ride along and scratch, uh, you know, frequency changes and altitude changes on a piece of paper for her. But uh, if there's a deaf or hearing impaired person, we'd love to talk with them and meet them at the booth or... Uh, Encourage them to come by and say hello. And, and really importantly, too, reach it, it reaches out to those pilots that are flight instructors and, and helps them realize that if you have somebody that is hearing impaired, they, too, can fly. Don't exactly. think they can't. They can definitely fly. And by the way, you don't have to know how to sign. There's many ways you can communicate with somebody without signing, and that person will teach you. Uh, I was at an advantage. I come from an Italian family, so I was able to help somebody learn how to fly and stall and learn how to break the stall. And exactly. as a matter of fact, I think I do that often with my other students because they're so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and I was thinking while well, you were talking about deaf pilots, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, a, pilot, a person can fly if they're deaf because they can feel the mm-hmm. aircraft. Because flying yeah, is just exactly. as much feel as it is listening. So they, they, can, they can feel changes, and they, they know what feels right. And they can read the gauges, and until you made the comment about having someone ride with her and scratched out the, wrote out the frequency changes and stuff, or course changes, it hadn't occurred to me. Well, yeah, but they can't, they can't hear ATC. So that's, that's really cool. Now, 
if, uh, just we've got about two minutes left, and, and I know this is about Captain Santa Claus and all the great stuff mm-hmm. you do here, but quickly, how how do you if you're if you're a deaf pilot, do, are there interpretation machines that transmit translate the to script, or, or how does that work? Do you have to have somebody with you? Uh, you, you could do some of those things; they do exist. But uh, I'm a former CFI also, but. Uh, I would actually use sign language uh, before I even knew what American Sign Language was. Wow. You know, you can use your finger and point right. at the heading or altitude or airspeed, things like that. Right, but more specifically, so, uh, radio traffic. Is there? Uh, you, you keep somebody. Okay. You keep a, a second with you to interpret the the radio traffic. Uh, you know, no, not really. Um, not really. It, it does exist, and it w- probably works through a hearing aid or the cochlear implants that the okay. pilot would be wearing. All right, so, thank you. I, I think you brought up a good point. People realize you don't have to have a radio to fly into many airports. No, you don't. That's so, okay. and, and that's how a lot of the deaf pilots are able to fly. And the FAA designees do yep. have hey. a waiver capability, and that's what they've used, for instance, with Gene. Uh, By the yeah, way, there's procedures and there's uh, light guns and things like that. I know Still we only have a great. minute, but I love your products. I am definitely going to get the, the, the Christmas ornament that you have. And great. check it out at CaptainSantaClaus.com if you're listening online. Spell and that out also, because it's yeah, an unusual Captain, spelling. C-A-P-T, like Captain C-A-P-T, Santa, S-A-N-T-A, Claus, C-L-A-U-S, dot com. CaptainSantaClaus.com. You can put it in Google. You'll probably find it that way, too. Yes. And they can find you here on the field. And uh, if you're an airline pilot, I highly suggest you go out and get their their ties for the next holiday season because we're allowed to wear holiday ties much longer now, which is absolutely terrific. Yes, we are. I love what you're doing. I love the fact that money is going to helping other people, uh, yeah. people that have hearing impairments, helping them realize their goals in life. I think that's, yep. that's just amazing. Thanks the so de- much. The deaf, the hearing impaired, and the disabled veterans, too. And the disabled Very veterans. Much. Thank you. Mark Lamp, Captain Santa Claus, thank you so much for Thanks, coming. Dave. I look forward to seeing Thanks, you Carl. this year in, in land. We hope to be there. Now that we've gone from the announcements, we have our next guest on the deck here, and that's the uh, CEO of CoFlight. Uh, and that's C-O-F-L-Y-T.com. It's an aircraft management software, for, both for general aviation and for part 135. Yep. Hey, welcome to the deck. Yeah, thanks for having me here. This is great. And uh, Oh, you can introduce yourself. I'm sorry I didn't make that. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm, I'm Tal Clark, as you said. Yeah. Uh, co-founder and CEO of CoFlight. I uh, live in Pensacola, which is where we started the business. So oh, wow. uh, it's great to be down here. First time at Sun and Fun, actually, too. Which has been is good. it really? Yeah. Wow. We're, well, we're glad you're here. Yeah. How, how do you like it so far? I love it. I haven't been out of the hangars much. We've been kind of busy over there, so it's yeah. been a good show. But uh, hope to have some time to walk around and look around a little bit more. I'm glad you said that. You've been kind of busy. Yeah, it has been busy. I mean, it's been, I, I've been pleasantly surprised. I, you know, we really didn't know what to expect. Uh, I know there's a few people that didn't make it, and we did. It's been great for co-flights. So we've enjoyed being here. Awesome. That's good to hear. And uh, if you're out there listening to us at liveatc.net slash SNF, don't forget to come into the gates and check out the vendors. It actually is getting busy here. I mean, there's lots of people walking around. There's lots of airplanes. Uh there's so many people with parked airplanes out there that they're having to move into extra lots, so that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, well, I parked mine over at uh, uh, Plant City, so because uh, I got to get out of here a little bit. But it's been, it's been, <laughs> I, know, I know a lot of airports are full around here, so they, they sure are. You know, one of the things that I find when I'm I'm been an aircraft owner, been in partnerships, been in clubs, uh, actually had my own airplane, but I let a lot of people fly. You know, let the yeah. kids use it. 
is that I usually am left in the dark because I'm the owner for some reason on the airplane as far as if I need a VOR check or if something breaks uh, or if there's a maintenance issue. I might be in California and the plane's here in Florida. Uh, but one, I wish there was a tool that could help me. Yeah. Well, I think that's what we've built, and uh, we're sort of proud of the software. I've, I've been an aircraft owner myself. I had a Bonanza, and now I'm in a Baron, and my co-founder and partner also has a Piper Cherokee, and uh, we, he's, a, he's an engineer. I've been a pilot since I was 18, so I've been flying a long time, and one of the things that, that I've learned and probably didn't recognize originally is they, they do a great job of really teaching us how to fly an aircraft, everything from instrument ratings, commercial ratings, great training, right? One of the things I don't think I was ever really taught is how to own an aircraft. That's for sure. And some of the inspections and tools that are required to do that. And so we've tried to fill some of that gap with CoFlight. And so it's a it's a really an asset management platform for aircraft. allows you to communicate across the aircraft and all the things you're talking about. It's a communications tool as well between you and the people who fly the aircraft. I like it because it reminds me of the different inspections we have to have. It's actually kind of a reminder during a flight review. You can just kind of go look at it. Uh, really neat product. If you get a chance, if you're listening right now on liveatc.net slash SNF, go to coflight, C-O-F-L-Y-T.com. You kind of listen along while we're talking about this. The, the, again, uh, let's look at a scenario. If I have a student that has my aircraft right. and they put it in the hangar and the light bulb breaks and – I don't hear about it because they write it in the book. What can they do so that I'm immediately notified? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely one of the great scenarios. We've actually had people say that, and that's one of the things they love about CoFlight is, in the past, you had to go to the airport to know that your aircraft was, uh, you had an issue. What CoFlight does, though, is there's a squawk page in there as well. So whoever's flying the aircraft, they actually should close it out with their flight, right? We roll over the hobs in. Or tack in, whichever way you want to track your flights, and then hobs out. So it updates everything in there. And then there's a squawk page that allows you to put in, hey, I had a cracked uh, nav light or whatever it may be. And uh, that's communicated to everybody associated with aircraft. So you can add as many users as you want to, including your A&P. One of the things I hear from people is the fact that I'm, I'm always liable if I write something down. So I'm always afraid to put something on a squawk sheet. What would you say to someone like that? Yeah, well, I'm, at first I'd say I'm not an attorney, but I don't, I don't think I don't think you would. So, we, from a co-flight perspective, we we do not believe you're liable just from tracking notes. And most people, you know, what we're trying to replace is the people. You know, if people are using whiteboards and notebooks, Texts. and so you're generally people are trying to write it down somewhere. Uh, but we're we're trying to do it so you have an app in the palm of your hand. You're able to track those things. Now, this does not replace your aircraft logbook. So right. when you do do work on an aircraft that requires an A&P sign-off, you still need to do that. But what this does is help you as the owner know the status of your aircraft, when your oil change is coming up. If there's a problem with the aircraft, you communicate it to the rest of your team. And you also can, if you're in a partnership, you can use it from a payments perspective. We have a payments module is, as well as a scheduler. So, If I have, a uh, say, a problem with the aircraft... And like I said, the plane's here in Florida. I'm in California. I need to get it fixed, and I need to get the information to my mechanic who's not – well, first of all, can they, can, can they be part of this yes. so that they get that information? Absolutely. So there's a user setting uh, within CoFlight where you can add anyone you'd like to. And we actually have profiles. So we have an A&P profile oh, that allows okay. them to see all the squawks and everything that they need to see on the aircraft, including flights and flight times. Uh, so yeah, if you're if you put a squawk in your in there for your aircraft, whatever it may be, your your A and P and your partners are going to see that right away and know. You so. said there's also a scheduling part of that. So if I have an aircraft that I have a squawk on, it's a squawk that's possibly an airworthiness issue. 
How does the next person find out about that? Yeah. So, well, first of all, they're going to get a text and an email when you put the squawk in, if you'd okay. like them to. So they would get that and know right away. The other thing is when you put a squawk in the co-flight for your aircraft, you can make it a squawk that actually downs the aircraft. So you have that option. So if it's, um, you know, there's some things that we might know we need to fix on our aircraft, but they actually don't down the aircraft. We can right. still fly with it. Right. So you can note that within co-flight. Hey, be aware that you've got this, but it's fine. You can fly with the aircraft. There's other things that we obviously don't want to fly with. And so you can make it a downing event when you put an aircraft. And so when they go to that aircraft page, before they go to the airport, they'll say, hey, this aircraft is down uh, because whatever the reason is, right? So, How about stop leaving the... Uh Rappers in the aircraft. Could I put that as a, as a <laughs> yeah. note? Look, I, you know what? <laughs> Co-flight is, that's the other thing. It's very customizable. We, we realize that every aircraft and every partnership group is not the same. Yeah. Uh, so our categories and inspections, you can really develop anything you want to around your aircraft. I, one of the things, that's, you know, that's kind of a, a funny way of looking at it, but we have people checking their oxygen bottles for their aircraft and putting, you know, make sure they're tracking that when they need to be inspected. So you can put that in the co-flight. Uh, we have some flight clubs that just want to make sure everybody's checking the air in the tires or at least aware of the, make sure the right tire pressure is there. And so they're putting that in as sort of a pre-flight inspection item. So you can build it whatever you want to do. That's a, man, that sounds like a great tool is, and now how much is this going to cost me? And, uh, is it both online and also as an app? Yeah, it's online as an app. We uh, Generally, when people first set it up, they set it online using the desktop or the mm-hmm. laptop. Uh, and then you go down, go to the Apple Store or the Android Store, and you download the app. And everything that you see there is it's virtually identical to the desktop. If you're an individual pilot and you just got one airplane, that's $14 a month. Or you can pay for it annually, and there's a discount paying for it annually. If you're, if you're multiple pilots and you have one or more airplanes, then it's $34 a month. Okay. Um, and that, again, there's a discount for paying for annual fee. But we think it's very reasonable. We're talking, you know, it's generally less than 10 or 15 bucks a person per, per month to do this. Especially so. being able to track a plane that isn't going to be used if the person shows up and says, hey, there's a squawk I didn't know about. Absolutely. So. Most of what uh, your customers are general aviation, I'm assuming, and clubs, owners. Yep. But now... How about the person that's thinking of putting their plane in a 135? Yeah, so we're, we've been getting a lot of questions about that. I, you know, there are, there are some more complex software programs out there for managing maintenance on 135, uh, but we're, we're to the point now with CoFlight that is customizable enough. The interface is really cool, so it looks like software that was developed in 2020, 2021. Right. Uh, so it's, the interface is very great. The app is very great. And the categories allow you to really build out anything you want to from an aircraft perspective. So we've got, as an example, we've got a 135 operator, Friends of Co-Flight, Verjet, down in Boca Raton area. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're managing uh, 12 Cirrus Vision jets right now on Uh, Co-Flight. We've got another group over in Louisiana that's about to put a large group of TBMs on as well. So uh, pricing's a little bit different for those aircraft, but (laughs) it's still much more reasonable than it is from some of the other alternatives out there. So. How about a fleet that's actually spread out? Because you also have multiple locations. How do you manage that? Yeah, it's really the same thing. Uh, We don't think it changes based on uh, where the aircraft are located or where the pilots are located. That's the other thing in a 135 operation is everybody has the same visibility within co-flight. Whether it's the pilots who are flying the aircraft, they can look at it. Uh, The maintenance supervisors, all those guys can look at it and know exactly where it is. And if the aircraft is in Pensacola or if it's in Boca Raton, uh, it really doesn't make any difference to us or the people managing the aircraft. They have the same visibility. 
So they can find out more at coflight, C-O-F-L-Y-T dot com. Also, if they're here at the air show, they can check you out in Hangar C, 007. That's correct. We That's look forward to seeing everybody. Yeah, yeah this is terrific. We're, we're talking to the folks here at, uh, at CoFlight, aircraft management software, both for general aviation and for Part 135. Started off not that long ago with the app. How's the app been going? Yeah, the app's been really good. And that's the thing about the software business. Is there, there's always more that we can do, right? Mm-hmm. And we're steady adding to that. Uh, we've got big plans for things we can do to just help aircraft owners and aircraft people who are managing aircraft. Uh, we actually launched the app uh, up at Tullahoma at a fly-in up there uh, September of 2019. Uh, that was sort of a beta version, and then we put it out there f- for, for the market in February of 2020, and we all know what happened shortly after that. So uh, uh, it really, you know, COVID had somewhat of an impact on us, but not too bad, and, and uh, we're looking forward to moving through a, a normal year here starting in Sun and Fun. So. Any uh, show specials? Yes, we absolutely. They come register with us right now for for what we're doing is we're giving away one year of co-flight and uh, also signing people up for webinar. And I look forward to look forward to talking to everybody. All right, I wish I still had my airplane. I'm between airplanes right now. What's that? What are you looking I, for? I, I'd love. I'd lo- I need a piece of software. Oh, what kind of airplane? Yeah, a, a Cherokee or a one seventy two. Either one for the, okay. for the kids to use. Oh, you got an airplane you can sell me? I do. I, well, <laughs> I've got a Baron that's actually listed. But oh, wow, no, I do like the Baron too. I like about every airplane I've been in. Uh, I'm sure the life would like the Baron, especially when going down to the Bahamas. Again, okay. we just got uh, one more minute to go. And uh, CoFlight, C O F L Y T dot com. Go check them out in C 7 They're right here and show center. You can go inside, uh, nice and cool inside, out of the rain and uh, away from the wind. But uh, one of the things that's been exciting is the fact of what he just said is it's been busy here today and boy it is getting busy seeing all these people filing is terrific isn't yeah it? absolutely it's a lot of fun so uh, hopefully more people will come out over the weekend as well so it should yeah. be exciting we're from we're from pensacola so we're always excited to see the blue angels and they start today so it'll be great <laughs> and we're going to be seeing them today yeah. can't wait the new uh it's new f18 for them the new f18 Hornet, for them yeah. super Hornet, yeah and uh they always talk about new it's been around for a while but it's new to the Blue Angels, and we can't wait to see them today. And it's just such an exciting show. For you in the hangar, it gets a little bit noisy, but it's a lot of fun to watch, that's yeah, for sure. No You're listening to 1510 AM. If you want to stream us online, you can go to liveatc.net slash SNF. We are now with the segment that I love. It's called Women Shine, Women in Aviation, WAI.org. If you're uh, listening on liveatc.net slash SNF, you can find out more by going to WAI.org while you're listening. Joining us on the deck here is Russ Wazleski. Hey, Russ, how's it going, man? Hey, Carl. It's great to be back again today. I uh, took a little time off this morning, but I'm back. Awesome. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually glad you're here because this is an exciting segment. Uh, they're so inspirational, the organization of women in aviation, and I love doing the Women Shine event that we have right now. Uh, joining me today uh, with Russ is actually Mary Wolf and Jennifer Detz. Welcome, welcome to the deck. Thank you very much. Thanks, Carl. First of all, I want to say I really appreciate you all for what you do for inspiring the younger aviators, all aviators, uh, and women especially in aviation, and, and actually inspiring them to, to reach their dreams, reach their goals. I think that's absolutely terrific. 
Uh, Jennifer, we're going to start uh, with you. We've actually uh, talked a few times mm-hmm. uh, online. It's really neat to actually finally meet you in person. It's and nice to be back here with you again. It's been a couple of years, but... <laughs> this is actually terrific. Uh, you work for NASA, is that correct? I work at NASA. I'm a contractor. At NASA, that's right. I should say that. And, uh, and what is it you do there? I'm a program manager for the flight operations flight, department. Flight operations. And, uh, and Mary, uh, in women in aviation, what is it that you do in your role in aviation? I am an author for Women in Aviation magazine. So I write many of the articles that you'll see in the magazine. So you're the one that I see there under that, Mary Wolf. That's cool. Yes. Good stuff, by the way. Great articles. Um, they are very inspirational, and they are great articles about all different aspects of aviation, which I really like. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people just think about uh, you know airlines, but there's so much more, isn't there? There's so many different roles that women can play in aviation. That's for sure. So as far as women in aviation, I could actually talk about them all day. So I'm going to say, I'm going to let you put in their words, your words. Uh, why women in aviation? Why would someone consider joining women in aviation? Well, I find women in aviation to be very inspiring. And so as women being able to launch into this area of aviation, you can learn so much about the field itself. You get to meet really strong, powerful, independent women who have incredible stories to share with you about what they've done, what they've been able to accomplish over the, the course of their careers. And I think from an inspiration perspective, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a young girl who's looking about, thinking about doing a different kind of career or if you're interested in aviation but you're not sure what part of aviation to go into, you know, pick up a magazine, go to Girls in Aviation Day, you know, speak to some of the women who are pilots or engineers or work in the maintenance shops and really learn about what they've done. And you'll realize that there's a whole world out there of different opportunities for you that you can step into. Yeah, the one thing I really love about women in aviation, if they have a, a, a young lady or anybody who's in, in, you know, a female, I can say, hey, uh, you know, I can give you all the advice in the world, but I'd love you to, to talk to somebody at Women in Aviation because uh, they can talk to you from their perspective, from a, a female's perspective. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that really helps a lot. And by the way, it's a, it's a big tent. Anybody can join Women in Aviation. I'm actually a member of the, the Lakeland chapter right here of Women in Aviation. And uh, so if you're interested in helping people move forward in their flying life and their careers, I think you should go out there at WAI.org and join. Absolutely. So Jennifer, you said NASA? NASA, yeah. Oh, so cool. women in aerospace, too. I'll, yeah. I'll get behind that. Uh, actually, Mary and I were just having a conversation before coming up on the deck to do the show about I'd really like to see uh, women in aerospace featured, such as NASA's first female launch director, Charlie Blackwell-Thompson, because she's got an amazing story and what, what an incredible inspiration she would be for women who are considering careers in aerospace. You're involved with NASA in a, in a unique uh Perspective. You have a unique perspective as a contractor, but also there's some helicopters they use at NASA. A lot of times we don't think about helicopters at NASA. So what is, what's the mission there? There actually are about five mission profiles. We use them for a variety of things. Um, most excitingly, of course, next Thursday we'll be escorting the astronauts to the pad for their crew to launch, and uh, we will clear the blast destruction area for that launch to make sure you know there's no one in the water in case of an anomaly. Also, if, if things go really poorly and someone has to be transported to the hospital, we're there for those uh, resources as well. Um, other than that, we do a lot of security missions. Um, we also are situated on a wildlife refuge, so we will take the NASA biologists out to count the threatened and endangered species on the wildlife refuge, such as eagles and manatees. Um, when we have a hurricane, we're the first people on scene to take out the emergency response team to see where the impact is the greatest and what needs to be dealt with. And that's a bird's eye view from the sky, which is better than being boots on the ground, you know, a little less risky. Um, Other than that, uh, just general 
we entertain other operations they'll come and talk to us um, so that we have a perspective of what's going on in the local aviation community as far as rotorcraft uh, we do a multitude of things it's actually a very cool job well, since you mentioned uh, your role in that, what, what is what exactly is that? What would you say you do on a day-to-day basis? Oh, I like to say I don't turn the wrenches or fly the aircraft, <laughs> but everything in between is okay. me. Yeah. Okay. So management of the schedule and, you know, the currency and uh, overseeing the contract and making sure we're in compliance with the statement of work. And so all the, all the mountain of paperwork, that's me. Oh, sure. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? I do. I very much so do because every once in a while I'll be considered a, a qualified non-crew member and I'll get to go for a flight, you know, and also anytime that I'm getting tired of staring at the computer screen, I can walk outside in the hangar and hang out with the helicopter. It's right so, there, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What kind of flights have you been able to go on? Um, I had to be uh, right left seat when we went out on a photo op when we were uh, getting ready at the Hueys. We were, it was a salute to the Hueys because they had been on the Space Center for over 20 years. So we went out to do a photo shoot in front of the VAB uh, with the EC-135 out front and the Huey behind it. Um, at the time, we hadn't hired the new contract pilot, so we needed an extra set of eyes in the aircraft. So I got to be associated with the mission for that, which was very cool. That sounds awesome, Jeff. Yeah, that does. It was a great send-off to the Huey because, uh, you know, that it's such an iconic aircraft. And I feel so much safer with my pilots in, a, in the EC-135, especially flying over the water because it's a two-engine system. But you miss that Huey and that signature sound, you know. So I, I think that uh, I mean you're, you're talk, talking about NASA and helicopters, and you know, Carl kind of alluded to this. I mean, most of us don't associate NASA with helicopters. We think obviously you know spacecraft and such, and maybe you know if we watch the right stuff or those kind of you know we got you know a couple of fighter jets or T-38s or something. But but so how many helicopters does NASA have or operate? Uh, we have three. We have three. A fleet okay, of three. so uh, how big would you say? I mean, the support staff as pilots and. Uh, we're tiny. There are only five kind of contractors, which is myself really? as the program manager, two pilots, and two mechanics. And then on the NASA side of the house, there are two pilots, uh, a mechanic lead, and then a contracting officer representative. We're a really small group. Sounds like a really neat job if you can get into it, though. It is. And every <laughs> once in a while, you'll get an astronaut come out to fly because they have to understand the concept of vertical flight. So actually, SUNY Williams came out and flew the Huey about four months ago, which was really cool to see. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Women in aviation, uh, women in aerospace, how, how have you seen them grow within the field as far as females? And, and maybe you could give us a little more color on, on the percentages in aerospace specifically. It's definitely growing in aerospace. I have a unique perspective working on boots on the ground at NASA. NASA's incredibly supportive of diversity in their ranks, and really they're a great supporter of women in engineering and all the disciplines. Actually, the, the newest crawler pilot or crawler driver is a woman. So, oh, cool. Yeah, they're very, I would say... I'd love to NASA, interview her. Oh, she, she's <laughs> very cool. I would say at NASA, you probably... I know in the leadership, it's 40% female and 60% male, and we're climbing, and the engineering is, is growing as well, as far as more women go. Great. That's absolutely wonderful. You, you mentioned um, women, or excuse me, Girls in Aviation Day. I think they had it virtually last year. They're going to actually do that this year, right? Yeah. And uh, just explain that real quick, what that is. We have about a minute left. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity for young women to come out and meet pilots to be able to get on aircraft, you know, aircraft maybe that they haven't been able to step onto before, but really get a chance to tour aircraft, tour maintenance sheds, be able to meet pilots, um, ask questions, learn about scholarship programs. So Women in Aviation supports a lot of scholarship programs for young girls, and so it's a really opportunity for them to, to, to learn about a potential different career path for themselves. 
the scholarships are amazing. They're always coming out with new ones. It's amazing also the fact that there's so many people that are, that are donating to help people. Yes. And I, and I love that. I also love the fact that you folks are ambassadors for those those young people looking to get into aviation. Not just young people, all women. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we really appreciate what you do. Uh, you guys are always smiling. I wish we were on TV right now. Uh, and and you, I, I have to say that I've been inspired by your stories and uh, and Jennifer, especially. Gosh. Hats off to you uh, for what you've done. I know you've had a lot of challenges, and it seems you're always smiling through that all those challenges. Absolutely, so I really, have to. Have I really, to. Yeah, appreciate you, and also what everybody at WAI does. WAI.org. Uh, it's a it's a large organization that has a very personal touch. I feel so. Go check them out. Women in Aviation. WAI.org. And don't forget, we're going to have Girls in Aviation Day. Thanks so much for coming here. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Joining us today is David St. George. Uh, I've known him for years, uh, a truly advocate for aviation education, and he is the director, executive director, I should say, of SAFE. Hey, welcome back, man. Hey, Carl. How are you doing? Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things here, but quickly, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about SAFE. What is SAFE? Society of Aviation and Flight Educators. We are a 501c3 not-for-profit, and basically the idea is we're trying to improve the professionalism and excellence of the CFIs. If we improve the CFI, we improve every pilot and improve their safety. Absolutely. Uh, I've been a member for many years. I I really enjoy SAFE and all that they've done, uh, from everything from insurance to teaching, etc. But one of the things that we're going to focus on today is the professionalism of the instructor and how we can actually stretch ourselves as flight instructors through a program. And that's actually, it's called the Master Instructors Program. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's personal for me because I got my CFI, double I, and, you know, you do all that and you say, hey, what's next? The FAA has nothing for the CFI to step up. I got my gold seal. That's a one-off and it's done. But if you want to continue your education, get some recognition, that's the Master Instructor Program. All these people that you see becoming National Flight Instructor are people who stepped up, I think, something like 70% of them were Master Instructors. It's a continuing education program, and it also qualifies you for discounts on our insurance. So it's a very valuable program, and it's endorsed by the FAA for CFI Renewal. As a matter of fact, um, you talked about that. I was actually the first person in the Tampa FISDO to get my CFI renewed through the Master Instructor Organization, through the Master CFI. The Master Flight Instructor is something well and above, actually, the gold seal because you have to do many things. You have to be involved as a citizen in the aviation education community. Exactly right. Yeah, it has five areas that you want to fill in, and it's masterinstructors.org. It's very simple. You go there. But there's uh, categories, educator and, you know, community citizen, like you say, participant. And what I did every year is I got another rating. I got glider. I'm, you know, I keep adding. And so the idea for safety in aviation is you just have to keep learning if you keep moving upward. Yeah, I, I think I agree with what you're saying here is that there is no, as far as the FAA is concerned, there's no advanced program and no advanced no. CFI or anything like that, you know. So... As a prospective student or, you know, of, at any level, you come in and you look at, hey, I got this CFI and this CFI and this CFI. What's the difference? How do I know? Yeah, how do well, I know? How do I judge who, quality? Who's, who's better and who's not? Mm-hmm. And especially for people that are not in aviation yet, they don't have the, the means or the experience to be able to tell or 
figure that out. And this is one way they might be able to make that determination. Well, that's exactly right. And for instructors, you know, I point out, I got, like I said, Gold Seal Master Instructor. One of the ways I got my DPE was I had renewed my Master Instructor three times. I didn't go to the FAA. They came into my flight school. And they said, you're going to be a DPE. I wasn't begging at the door. <laughs> no, and they said, you know, it's, it was when the FAA approved that renewal, it was a no-brainer. Because there's 500 hours of continuing education units that go into a master instructor. What do we do for a FERC every two years? We sit down online, clickety-click, you know. It's, it's, it's not sufficient. Just like the flight review is not sufficient. Uh, you know, by the way, if I could do a little shout-out tomorrow morning at the uh, Sunset Grill there, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to meet at 8.30. All flight instructors are invited. Uh, we're just, it's not we're buying breakfast for you, but we're just going to talk CFI stuff tomorrow at 8.30 at the Sunset Grill. Oh, cool. Kind of like a little get-together. Yeah, there's no home here that I can find for CFIs, so mm -hmm. that's going to be our little home. We're going to talk, and hopefully I can get people like Jemmy Beckett and uh, Richard Spingarn, our uh, McSpadden? McSpadden, yeah. Thunderbird lead, and I can't remember his name. <laughs> Hopefully they can attend, too. So come by at 8.30. was that again at Sunset Grill? 8.30 at Sunset Grill. Yeah. yeah. Now, I got to go, go jump them with that little, you're going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to show up. Uh, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a kind of a recurring, ongoing uh, commitment of sure. the instructors to maintain their master CFI credentials. Because the, the gold seal, as you mentioned, the one time, one stamp, and you're done, you got it. Yeah. The rest of your life, right? Master CFI is not quite the same. Right, exactly right. Uh, you have to do it every two years to renew it. Um, and I think it was Eric Crump from Polk State did the data on this. He found there's 106,000 CFIs in the country. Active CFIs, 12,000. 8,000 of those only teach for a year. Really? So 4,000 are the number of CFIs that continue year after year after year. And that is a shocking number. When we look at accidents and we say, who's teaching these people, you know, two-thirds of the instructors have taught for less than a year. That really puts it in focus. And what Carl said is exactly right. How is somebody that's looking at the market going to know, is this a senior instructor, somebody that has a quality kind of background to teach my son, daughter, husband, wife? One other important thing I think about uh, CFIs is helping other people as CFIs, understand how to make money as a CFI, how to make a living. Yeah. And, uh, and one nice thing about an organization like this is that there's other people who are doing it. Yeah. And there's, I can actually speak to them. Yeah, there's a paradigm, and you do this for pilots getting into the airlines, but that mentoring is a huge part of what we do at SAFE. Um, we have a mentoring program, and currently, you know, every new CFI that we get certified, we're giving them a mentor, so they have a person to work with them. Um, and so, yeah, the, the how do I market myself? The one that I think of is Greg Brown. He was the first master CFI, mm -hmm. and he wrote that book, Savvy CFI. Right. I right mean, that is the toolkit every flight instructor should go in the world with. This is how I market myself. This is how I get business. This is how I improve myself as a flight instructor. And Greg Brown is a very good example of how to carry forth in the world and become a aviation citizen, as Carl said. Yeah, I recommend that book to uh, lots of people. Yeah. Especially now if they have the second edition. The second edition ago. is excellent. Absolutely, you got to get the second edition if you're looking for the savvy flight instructor. Yeah, don't buy it on eBay. Buy the new one. Right, <laughs> right. The, uh, you know, the, the first edition was great. 
it was a kind of a but victim of its times anymore though it's, some of the ideas are a little archaic most of the so overall stuff is pretty good the second one though is all updated for you know, the current environment social media and oh exactly yeah. social media and if you yeah. don't know that that uh, Facebook group that Greg Brown runs the student pilot community is an excellent you know for pilots working their way up it's a great tool there's, there's a lot of information out there, but there's also a hunger for it. If you notice, remember, we did a couple shows about the successful CFI. Yes. And uh, one of our most popular shows, you know, how do we become successful as a CFI? Uh, can I make a living as a CFI? That was one of the shows we just, that has become incredibly popular. So that people are, are really looking for information. And uh, that, that is something that SAFE can do for you. SAFE.org is how you can find it? Uh, SAFEpilots.org. Thank Safe you, Pilots, Carl. Excuse me, SAFEpilots.org. And they'll teach you everything from this, the master instructor. Uh, and, and this master instructor, by the way, is absolutely golden if you can put that on your on Well, your yeah, website. you put that on your card <laughs> and you're a step above. It's a really wonderful thing. One last thing I could mention, too. I don't know when you want to close this out, but I have an app. Uh, it's the CFI Toolkit. Safe. Actually, if you put on the App Store uh, CFI Toolkit, you'll come up quicker. And it's basically for a CFI that wants to improve their professionalism. Um, I just wrote it as a DPE. The saddest thing is when a, when a student comes in and they walk in the door and I find out that the CFI has not prepared them adequately. This is what really got me, you know, drill down and make the app and, and really push it at SAFE. It has all the endorsements, all the experience, all the PLT codes so that somebody, you know, we have a great responsibility as CFIs preparing someone. It's also they've paid us a lot of money. You know, let's make sure their check ride is going to go smoothly and successfully. So that's Absolutely. a big focus there. Absolutely. You know, we one of the things that I love about Safe is uh, the community. For me, yeah, you know, and running things by them and and that type of thing. But it's also something that I think helps people financially. And one way is through insurance. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize they can get a discount on their insurance, can't they? Well, you know, and that uh, initially, I w- I'll confess, when you get that master instructor, you get, uh, I think it's 10, 15% off your insurance. And yep. safe, that was one of the, when we started that organization, a big thing CFIs wanted was insurance. And it's a thing that stops a lot of more senior people in aviation from getting their CFI. So we have a very comprehensive insurance program through AirPros up in Frederick. Um, and it's got everything. If you're rated in a multi-engine, you're immediately insured as an instructor in the multi-engine. There's no voids or gaps, and it's um, easily available on our website. You just quote it right there. So our our uh, co-host, Victoria Newville, of course, air-pros.net. There you go. Uh, air-pros.com, yes. sorry. Uh, so you can actually find that at... Uh, Safepilots.org. Safepilots.org. Are you going to be here on the field? Oh, yeah. We're in. <laughs> Carl, you're great. B22. <laughs> B22. And again, if you're a CFI, 8.30 tomorrow at the uh, cafe there, the Sunset Grill, right? Sunset Grill. The grill right yep. next to us at the radio station. Yep. He's been, Terry's been so good to give us a space in the morning. So, you know, I, we appreciate that. Buy a breakfast, join the group there, and uh, we'll talk about CFI stuff. And we'll talk about what you guys were just mentioning, how to succeed as a CFI. And that's actually something I think is really important, is how to succeed as a CFI, and you guys do a great job of that. Uh, we are here with David St. George, the Executive Director of SAFE. Uh, you can actually come by, breakfast tomorrow, hang out over at the Sunset Grill, uh, 8 in the morning, and they'll be there all day long, hanging out, talking. No, I, I was just kidding. <laughs> but you know, how, you know how flight instructors talk. And uh, we're talking about the masterinstructors.org, masterinstructors.org. If you want to up your game as a CFI, Make sure you go check that out. Thanks again, David. Real appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. 
Welcome back to the deck. This is Carl Valeri here with Sun and Fun Radio. You're probably listening right now on 1510 AM or liveatc.net slash SNF. And as you can hear, there's jet noise in the background. That means there's an air show going on. And the person that I have in front of me here is part of that air show. And it's actually his first time here at Sun and Fun. It's Patrick Mackley. Hey, man. Good to see you again. Thank you for having me. How you doing? Awesome. I'm glad to see you here in Florida. Me too. I'm glad to be here in Florida from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> it's a little chilly up there. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we spoke, you were in Chicago, but uh, how was the ride down here, by the way? You flew all the way down to Pitts, I think. It was long. <laughs> um, I fly for about an hour and a half at a time, and I was doing about 15-minute fuel stops, but luckily the wind was on the right end, so that helped a lot. Awesome. If you don't know Patrick Mackley, you haven't seen that exciting high-energy act that he does over the Air Show Center here, PatrickMackleyAirShows.com. It's amazing. And not only that, he's an amazing person, does a lot for the young folks and inspiring aviators to fly fly sun and fun first time how's it been uh absolutely phenomenal um i mean greg gibson andy ovens and every, the whole the whole bunch i know there's a lot of you that that put all these together and absolutely it's been an amazing experience so i appreciate it awesome awesome tell us a little bit about your act so for for the first since you're first time here uh it's just pretty much loud and in your face and try to be inspiring with it you know about halfway through it i try to talk uh through it while to the crowd and everything and you know it's not really about necessarily my routine as a whole of doing whatever wicked stuff whatever you want to call it it's really just about leaving the fan with going that i touched your heart you know i want people to understand that i'm just like them i'm just a, a kid that had a dream just like all the young you know men and women out there your future men and women uh that have a dream to do this i'm just like you man i mean you know a few weeks ago i had 100 bucks in my account so <laughs> i just budget and i'm here and we just keep keep cracking at it nothing i've really planned for a whole lot of it i just kept hitting goals that i wanted and kept moving on Looking at your show out there, though, I think a lot of us say to ourselves, just like I was talking with Lee before, Lee Lauderback, we sit there and say to ourselves, gosh, there's no way I could do that. Uh, you don't just start off flying like that, do you? No, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I've, I've always knew that I wanted to do it, like air show flying from, from growing up with Oshkosh. My father, you know, always taking me and, and, and kind of, you know, keeping me in the loop with it, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, it, you got to obviously you get your pilot's license, all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, I had the best mentors in the, in the world out there helping me along, answer my questions. And that's really what it takes. It's just people that, you know, like Greg Kuhn, Skip Stewart, Debbie Ren Harvey, uh, you know, and I competed a little bit, built that precision, that discipline up. And then, you know, I, yeah, I have to feel comfortable doing it. You know, everybody needs to be comfortable when they do that. So if you, you know, you just got to keep practicing, man, every Every 900 rolls you do, you only probably perfect three. Wow. <laughs> you know, you just, <laughs> you just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, and don't be afraid to ask questions and really surround yourself with people that make you comfortable. You know, I've got five, five like I said, I just mentioned three of them, but five really comfortable people out there that, you know, they, they tell me when to pull up. I'll, I'll pull up at that time. You know, that's how much I trust them, and, and that's what it takes. So as someone who has, you know, been working on this kind of stuff, you've entered competitions and that kind of mm -hmm. thing, uh, oh. you decide, hey, I would, was it you decided you wanted to fly here at Son of Fun or did someone approach you or how the process worked as a first timer? Um, yeah, I've always, well, I've always wanted to, you know, growing up sure. with the EAA and my dad did, built some amazing home builds. The guy's been absolutely my hero when it comes to building stuff too, just all around. But, um, you know, it's always been a goal, but again, I, I I was really surprised this year that Greg had asked me to do this because I was, you know, I don't look at myself as like the next 
Sean Tucker or whatever. I just look at myself as Patrick McAlee, right? So right. anybody that asked me to do something, I'll do it. And, and I was I just figured, well, they'll take the lineup from last year and move it to this year, so I'll pitch for maybe next year or whatever. And me and Greg knew each other a little bit, and we talked, and and he asked, and I said, sure, you know, yeah, I'll do it. It's a long flight, but let's go for it, you know. And, and I know the, the crowd, and uh, Florida's my favorite state. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, – yeah, so I mean, it, it's always been a goal. It's a big crowd, big lot, of, lot of stuff down here. So obviously, everybody wants to do it, but it, it's all just really surreal. <laughs> well, you, know? you know, Carl, that that kind of goes into something that you talk about a lot is is networking, yes, and exactly. meeting people, and you know, not being scared to put yourself out there. You know, and I and Patrick is a testament to that. And I'll tell you why. If you ever seen him at an ICAST convention, boy, I tell you, everybody's <laughs> around him. But what is the key to that success? That's a net big networking event, that's for sure. Yeah, just being different. Um, and this year was really challenging with the Zoom thing, you know. And we had a lot of hits, and people were kind of messaging me like, "How did you do this?" You know. And sitting to my right over here, my wife Natalia, uh, she comes from a journalism background. She's very creative and unique, and I mean, she's really my secret weapon. Um, you know, uh, and this year with the page and stuff like that, it's all about not necessarily getting the attention, but just being different, being unique, putting your own personality on everything. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily care per se of what people think about me. As long as when you talk to me, you know who I am. Like you're getting me. It doesn't matter if I'm right here in front of you. If we go to show center, if we go out, you know, Absolutely. at night. Um, and that's really the key. I think is I just want to be that approachable. Anybody can come up and talk and hang out and i think that's where the secret comes because we just welcome absolutely absolutely transparent too that's for sure you know uh, you talked about the other key the other piece of this and uh and that's the amazon princess and uh that is absolutely amazing how did you come up with that idea (laughs) well that's one of those things where she comes up with this crazy idea and then i have to make it work in aviation um (laughs) But it didn't. It wasn't something we put together all night. You know, at night we uh, did a lot of research. And honestly, everybody, if you go out there today and walk the flight line, look at what people are wearing. You know, probably every other person just even sitting right out here is wearing something pop culture related. You know, look at all the movies now. I mean, all the Marvel and DC and all that stuff. And she comes from a comic book writing background, so she has that type of stuff. It's like, how could she bridge her passion into our passion? And that's kind of where that started. Speaking of that, isn't there a book that you guys were working on or have finished? You go. (laughs) My turn. Um, Yeah, so it's the Blue Demon Adventures. So going back to, like, air shows, it it was new for me. Coming into this industry, like in Chicago, I never went to an air show, so I didn't understand the concept of air shows. So I wanted to understand more about what aerobatics was. So I put myself in the shoes of, five-year-old a seven-year-old and blue demon adventures is just a journey of the blue demon which is what patrick calls his airplane the blue demon and it goes from he goes from show to show and it's involving just different elements of stem um there's math science um how does he get to the air show what you know what weather does he have to encounter which ways to go to the air show so blue demon is just the adventures of patrick and the blue demon and the blue demon. Sometimes it's really too adventurous. That's the that's the funny thing is you'll see a maze. I think she created this maze of me going around thunderstorms, right? And that was going from Chicago to Jasper last year. <laughs> and it was funny because I think I was down by like Cape Girardeau and there was these nasty thunderstorms and I was texting Skip and he's like, the house is open, carries there if you need to go there, you know. And I was, he knew where I was getting as massive life. She's over here taking notes. I'm like, oh, lovely. <laughs> a reflection on life through this this kid's book. Where can they find it, by the way? 
So we do have an Instagram, uh, Instagram Blue Demon Adventures, um, and we do have some hard copies. If they actually visit us at Aerobatic Headquarters, we do have a couple hard copy on hand, so we can pass them out. Um, we have some stickers as well, but mainly Instagram right now, Blue Demon Adventures. By the way, have you ever met the Amazon Princess? Do you ever, you know, get jealous with with hanging out with uh, Patrick here? <laughs> Um, she and I have not been in the same room, just saying, but, um, she seems like a really cool gal. I hear that she's going to be out walking around today. Really? Um, she brought her invisible jet, so definitely keep an eye out for the jet. Um, she's all about just meet and greet and taking selfies. So I hear she's a really cool gal. So if you see her, just stop her, say hello, take a picture. Yeah, one of my favorite things is seeing uh, the uh, Amazon princess uh, getting pictures out there on the on the show center with the little kids, and uh, it's absolutely awesome. I think that brings people in; it really draws them in, and uh, and then of course they get to talk to you, uh, Patrick, and, and be inspired. As, and uh, yeah, there, I mean, maybe. there's so many angles with it because the other thing, especially out here when we're walking the line, you know, you're getting you're hitting all these different forefronts of of people you know at their age levels right adults young people everybody's a fan but then the other thing that's kind of cool is you're getting photo ops we like to be around the warbirds as well and i mean Mm -hmm. there's nothing better i think last year or a couple years ago dover air force base she did a picture with the b-52 you know and it's like it was really neat and a very neat vintage picture because that's what people are used to seeing her with you know yeah i can't wait to meet amazon princess someday and <laughs> and don't forget to go out to uh, patrickmacleayershows.com uh, there's some really cool videos we didn't talk about that we only have 40 seconds but i will tell you one thing they're they're great high adventure really cool uh video you're doing out there oh, thank you and also the conversations online yes uh, i think those Thanks. are those are really awesome so <laughs> keep that up uh, hopefully you'll come back next year oh i, I hope so if they'll have me i'll be here <laughs> absolutely Patrick McAuley, we're also here uh, with somebody who hasn't yet met the Amazon Princess, but is, I hear, the marketing manager for the air show and also uh, for, for the, the Princess. So don't forget to check out their books, too. Really, those are inspirational. I love what you guys do with the air show. I love the air show itself, but I really love the fact that you're inspiring people. Thanks again for coming here. Appreciate Thank you, it. Carl. Appreciate it. Bringing up our next guest is Russ Rosleski. Well, thank you, Carl. Uh, back, good to be back here on the deck again. And I am joined here by Daniela Canole. Hello, Daniela. Hi, Russ. How are you? I'm doing great. You are the president, and we're talking about Canardia Avionics North America. Yes. Um, we have established a distributorship here in the United States uh, about two years ago uh, for Canardia Avionics, which is a Slovenian uh, avionics company. Uh, so it's a very popular avionics company in Europe, and we're bringing it here to the United States. It's a little bit of a new guy in town. That's fantastic. What type of uh, aircraft instruments are we talking about here? So this is a a full line of aircraft instruments uh, that are specifically for experimental and light sport uh, aircraft. So it's not a certified type of instrument. Um, We do have kind of a fairly uh, long line of instruments. What we don't necessarily have is uh, radios, transponders, but we have basically all of the primary flight instruments. We have EFA systems, um, and uh, there's kind of a large array of those. Um, Most of the instruments are pretty neat because they're actually very visually um, so easy to to, to see. The displays are fairly nice. and, and many of them that are your simple sort of six-pack type gauges sort of combine an analog and digital format. Okay, so a good, uh, easy-to-read presentation 
Yep. Easy to see. Uh, you were telling me about you have kind of an interesting installation uh, technology, right? Yeah, so this is a great option for the home builders that uh, may not have all the experience in uh, creating very complicated wire harnesses for a lot of the instruments that are out there that are very popular. Uh, so the way these work is essentially you just have to know how to run your power and ground cable. And then the rest of it is just connected via a simple Cat5, like an Ethernet cable. So that connects mostly to a simple engine monitoring unit. Um, that EMS unit comes with most of the instruments that do show any engine monitoring in them. Well, I know that I've seen some people working on kit planes, and they, they I mean, they're out there with the soldering iron and got thousands of wires all going everywhere. So definitely put you know, something that's as easy as connecting up your computer to the network. Absolutely. Seems like a great time saver. So what that does is it also allows the instruments to also all work within a CAN bus system. So basically just pony up from one Ethernet cable to the next, and all the instruments can talk to each other that way. So it's kind of, um, I suppose you can say, the idiot-proof way of uh, setting up a panel. Uh, as most home builders do know, that that is probably the most time-consuming portion of a build. I, I agree. I, I know a lot of builders, You just they... They want to have the nice, fancy panel, but they, man, they don't look forward to putting it in. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, with your system, is it is it fairly expandable, modular? I mean, if, if you just add it, you want to add another instrument, you can just plug it in? Yeah, absolutely. So most of the instruments that we do have also offer sort of a slave unit. So what that means is, let's say you want to display something on the passenger side or you know, if it's a tandem-type aircraft, you want the, the person in the back seat to be able to see the same thing. So instead of un- running two separate units, uh, you, you get the slave unit for less money, and you can just basically pull the data from the main unit itself, from the master unit. So, yeah, I see a lot of those uh, we, you know, RV-8s and such where the, the back cockpit's pretty sparse on uh, any instrumentation. Right. But this, and I, I think a lot of that will be because... Traditionally, you'd have to have a whole second set of instruments and wiring and plumbing and such. But yeah. you've got this kind of just duplicated system or right. slave system. Yeah. And, the, and the, the greatest thing about it is that it, it's very affordable. You know, so you're not, you're not spending all your money on your panel. Uh, you can get very, very good, high-quality instruments for a fairly low price. So we, we have a, kind of one of the popular items called a Horus um, that is sort of an ARs unit that... Um, I suppose competes very similarly for to a G5, a Garmin G5. So okay. it'll provide all that sort of information on a small screen uh, in the size of a three and an eighth inch hole or a two and a quarter size. So most of our instruments do come in both of those formats so that those folks that do have kind of limited space on their panel can, can pretty much have an, an array of different instruments showing. Right, so good flexibility as far as uh, layout and, and such. Do you... Uh, are we talking mostly kind of individual instruments? I mean, you mentioned G5, a type of uh, HSI, yep. attitude indicator. Absolutely. Uh, with all the all the information there. Uh, anything bigger into the glass panel type uh, displays? or? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, basically the top-of-the-line instrument that Canardia has is called Anesis. So that's going to be your glass panel. Uh, it's an EFIS screen that for the size of an 8.5-inch screen, um, you're spending 4800 bucks for an all-inclusive glass panel. That includes everything you're going to need. You're not going to have to order all these items separately for your AHARs, for your engine monitor, for all of these things that 
potentially a lot of the other manufacturers have to sell you separately. And the, by the time you're done, your, your wallet's pretty empty. So uh, it's a pretty nice, affordable option. So that's on the high end. Um, you're spending less than $5,000 for a glass panel. Sounds pretty good from, from what I've seen. Uh, you are here at the show in Hangar D at Spot 2? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Look for the bright orange booth. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to tell us about uh, about your products? About how about how about availability? Okay, so you said they're Slovenian. All right, there's Fl- Slovenian company uh, distributors here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, so that is easy to essentially get. my company. We uh, we do carry some stock. Some items are programmable, so they do have to be customized, or okay. or they get custom scales put on. Um, however, we can get those turned around in just a couple of weeks um, from the manufacturer in Slovenia. So we are essentially your go-to. Uh, we uh, partner with uh, another company called Sport Aircraft, um, um, uh, Sport Aircraft um, out of Canada in Toronto, and they actually handle the Canadian side of things. So t- together with them, we cover North America quite well. We have technical support here within North America, so you don't have to deal with the European uh, manufacturer at all. Time differences and that Absolutely, kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah, right? but sure. there's definitely availability. I know that that seems to be a problem with a lot of other manufacturers these days that uh, a lot of things are back-ordered or out of stock, um, but that doesn't seem to be the case for us, so we can definitely meet the demand. How long has this uh, has the company been offering products in the U.S.? So it's about two years. So we uh, debuted kind of at Oshkosh, uh, the EAA in um, 2019, um, and then we haven't been able to really show it off yet Understand again that, yes. until <laughs> now for obvious reasons. But uh, so we're becoming a little bit more and more popular. There's a lot of uh, light sport aircraft um, out of Europe. Uh, for example, Pipistrel um, uses all Canardia panels nowadays. A lot of the auto gyros are using Canardia instruments because of uh, another kind of feature is the fact that they're very slim, lightweight. Um, so that also is a big draw towards that type, type side of the market. What, uh, so how about uh, home-built airplanes? Do you have many in those? Do you have any uh, recent success stories or anything you've seen panels in? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of home-builders have been um, uh, finding it very interesting, especially during the show. Uh, you know, you, you get the big eyes opening up when they see our instruments, so... Uh, for that side of the market, absolutely. A lot of Zenith builders have found it to be very helpful, and uh, they're being installed uh, as a standard panel also for the Bushcat light, light sport aircraft, and uh, we hope that that kind of continues and that maybe uh, we can work with a lot of OEMs on that as well. So give me a website where I can go to find some more information about this. So the website uh, is going to be here in the United States, fly-aerosport.com. Aerosport being actually the name of our company as the U.S. representative, um, but there's a avionics shop there that you can take a look at all the individual items and some descriptions. Yes, sir, we are going to be into land. We've actually expanded our uh, business and have... Um, we, we're opening up a hangar in Deland at the airport there, and so we have a 7,000-square-foot facility that we do a lot of flight training and uh, also maintenance out of, and therefore we will be showing the Canardia instruments at the Deland show later this year. That's that new uh, showcase center that they have there, right? Yes, absolutely. We, we love that event specifically for sort of that sport aviation industry. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the hub for sport aviation, hopefully, 
Um, and, and we're kind of proud to be one of the marquee businesses starting up there in DeLand. Yeah, that's awesome. It's going to be a, definitely it's going to be one of those centers for sport aviation. Well, it sure it already is. It's going to grow into a much larger center for sport aviation. I agree. And affordable aviation. And that's why you guys got involved with this industry. Uh, you know, you've been at the other shows there. Uh, you've seen it grow over the years. Uh, I think Jana Phillip is doing an absolutely bang-up job and terrific job there doing uh, the showcase live uh, we're going to have that on video uh, so go check those out on the Facebook page and you guys will be there and, oh, absolutely. and definitely a big sponsor of that which is, is absolutely something that we appreciate uh, inspiring people to get in aviation I think another big part of this is we people ask me about affordable aircraft and you uh, along with everybody else is bringing that to fruition so I really appreciate that absolutely uh, so anyway we, uh, we also uh, we have to go to a commercial break here in a second so make sure you tell us where again where they can find you and also where you can find you online because there's some people that are listening on liveatc.net slash SNF. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, Carl. We're uh, fly-aerosport.com is an easy way to get to our website. You'll find a lot of different products showing there, but one of them is the avionics portion, which you'll see the Canardia avionics listed. And uh, you can also uh, give us a call at 888-444-1970. Canardia avionics. I got it right. You got it right. Absolutely. Um, I always have gotten it right. It was just... Luck, that's all. <laughs> but show specials. Uh, show specials is basically we do have some instruments here. You save on a little bit of shipping. Um, uh, but, you know, I, right now I think we have a few Horus left in the booth. So get them quick before they're gone. Uh, the Horus is the uh, heads-up display I was telling you about, similar right. to a G5. 1189 right. will get you going. Awesome. Well, we're gonna be D, go- hang- oh, booth right. 2 to Hanger go by D, for that. Two. Yes. Appreciate that. Hangar D, booth 2. <laughs> Welcome back to the deck here at Sun and Fun Radio. You're listening on 1510 AM or on liveatc.net slash SNF. If you want to find out more about how you can stream live, snfradio.com. As a matter of fact, some people ask us about the shout-outs. You can actually uh, put it for a shout-out during the show. And, and, and we've been getting this question often, how can I listen to some of these interviews we're doing here on the deck? It's really easy. Go to snfradio.com and send us an email. Also, you'll be able to find those on Chats from the Deck. Well, joining me today to, with our, our guest right now is uh, myself, Carl Valeri, and also Russ Rosleski, Shivana Reed from uh, Wright Rudder Aviation. We're going to talk about the Pipistrel Panthera. Hey, Shivana, hey, welcome to the deck. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you here. If you've been seeing those Pipistrels, it's actually Wright's show center close to the, uh, to the, actually the air show there on the gate and the fence. Uh, some really cool aircraft. This is something that's truly unique, though. Here in the U.S., I know we've seen this online. We've seen it, if you've been overseas in Germany, uh, be debuted. But we're going to let you tell us what's coming or has come to the United States. Yes, yeah, so um, I am with Wright Rudder Aviation, the exclusive dealer for the Pipistrel Panthera here in the United States. Uh, Sun and Fun is actually our U.S. air show debut, so we're really excited about that. Um, we're exhibiting over at Northeast Spot 7 and 8, so come check us out. Uh, the Panthera is uh, amazing. <laughs> if, in one word, it is, it is truly amazing. Um, it is a work of art, and Pipistrel has done an amazing job um, with, with the design and the development of it. So the Pipistrel, uh, I've always thought about Pipistrels, light spores, that kind of thing. So this is a four-seater. Yes, this and is a four This is Pipistrel's first four-seat aircraft, uh, four-seat, high-performance, luxury, uh, retract. It's beautiful. Well, you know, I, I hadn't. I wasn't familiar with it, like I'm sure most people aren't, but uh, right before the interview here, I went on 
I went onto the website and looked it up, and I think, what were my first words? Carlson, I'm like, that looks cool. That looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it does, and it's four seats. I mean, it looks like it's going, you know, a million miles an hour. Just right. sitting uh, there. Just, just sitting there. It is incredible, and it's a new design. Right? right. That's yeah. right. We don't get those that often, so no. it is really exciting. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about this four seats? Okay, there are yeah. lots of four seat airplanes out there, <laughs> uh, but this one is is different, better. What? Tell us about it. The design, um, like you said, when you when you look at it, it just looks like it's going fast just sitting there. It is extremely sleek and streamlined. Uh, Pipistrel went above and beyond really with um, reducing as much drag as possible. So the plane is super fast, slippery. Um, we'll cruise at uh, top max cruise is 198 knots. Uh, we like to go at economy cruise. We'll burn about 10.8 gallons going 185 knots. It That's is normally incredible. aspirated. Um, it has the Lycoming IO540 engine, which everyone loves. And uh, there's, a, there's a couple of really awesome features as well. Now, and just to make sure people realize, is this an, uh, is it actually experimental? Is there? A yeah. So right can... now, the the Panthera is offered. Um, we're actually taking deposits now for both the experimental version and the certified version. Certification is scheduled for 2023, uh, but we are taking pre-orders for that as we have about 150 sold already worldwide. So the list is growing, and uh, the you know the positions are going further and further out. Where do they make these? Where is it manufactured? Yep, so the Panthera is manufactured in uh, Italy, actually, in Gorizia, Italy. Pipistrol is a Slovenian company uh, that borders Italy. So they have both a factory in Slovenia and Italy, uh, and the Panthera specifically is uh, imported from Italy. Pipistrol, that's an interesting name. <laughs> yes, um, Pipistrol is an interesting name. The founder and CEO, uh, Evo, actually came up with the name. Uh, he started producing aircraft about 32 years ago. And when he did uh, in Slovenia, it was former Yugoslavia. So they actually couldn't fly for, for pleasure. You could only fly if you were part of the, the military. So uh, Evo, really excited about uh, making airplanes, decided to do it anyway. And uh, they would fly only at night. Um, and so uh-huh. when they would come out at night, the ultralights that they built... Uh, kind of looked like bats in the sky. So the little Italian village that they would fly over, all of the people would come out at night and say, the Pipistrella are out. And Pipistrella <laughs> means bat in Italian. Pipistrella, that's an awesome story. I that love is, that. That's clever naming, isn't it? <laughs> it really is, yeah. I like it. it I was going to say one thing, though, as is, is interesting as is how all these uh, things can kind of meld over borders. Slovenia, you know, they speak Italian a lot to people in Slovenia. And uh, it's it's interesting also to see the, the incredible uh, Italian food that you can find there, too. <laughs> yes, it really is. So, um, well, of course, we're fortunate to represent the aircraft, so we get to, to visit there pretty <laughs> often. And they're, um, aside from that, their facilities are absolutely amazing. Pipistrol is incredibly innovative. Um, and if, if anyone has the chance to go and visit their factory, they welcome people all the time, and it is beautiful. So here at Sun and Fun, you do have one of these Pantheras here? We do, yes. Can we crawl around in it, sit in it, see what it looks like? Absolutely. Um, we have people all day, every day since we've been here. We're here all week um, coming in, seeing how it feels. Um, one of the best 
features of the aircraft that we hear feedback from from customers and people who actually get in it and get to fly it is the comfort of the seats. Um, so Pipistrol, there's a lot of engineering that went into the design of the seats in the Panthera, and it is extremely comfortable, and I can attest to that. So how about price point? Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the... For the experimental Panthera, um, if you purchase one today, you can get one for roughly $650,000. Certified is about $700,000. And then, uh, certified, okay. And how long, as far as the kit's concerned, will it take you to actually... So there is actually not going to be a kit uh, for Panthera supported in the U.S. So there will be no kit option in in the United States. All right, so if you're looking online, you looked at everything in Europe, it's a little bit different here. Yeah, because Pipistrol uh, sells all of their products worldwide. Uh, There are some areas where that is available, uh, but the Panthera is, uh, if you take a look at it, it's very unique, um, pretty complex, and it would be a pretty difficult build. So um, we decided to just sell the experimental, 100% factory-built experimentals and the certified version. What if they're not at the show? Can they uh, check out the aircraft, say, somewhere else around the U.S.? Yes, actually, um, our, our company, Right Rudder Aviation, is based in Inverness, Florida, which is just about an hour drive north of here. Um, we welcome everyone all the time to come and see the aircraft in our hangar. Um, we also uh, just actually last fall did a U.S. demonstration tour, which was awesome. So we took the aircraft around to about 35 different airports around the entire country to um, demonstrate to, to customers. A lot of people have been waiting to see this plane for a really long time. Um, so we were really excited to, to bring it to the people and also bring it here to Sun and Fun. I think I'm amazed by the, uh, the cruise speed and uh, efficiency that you mentioned. At least I think you said 198 uh, knots. Max cruise, yeah. Yeah, max cruise. And then you mentioned 10-something gallons an hour. Yeah, economy cruise. Economy yeah. cruise. At mm-hmm. a, at what kind of speeds for economy cruise? I forget. 185 yeah, knots at 10.8 gallons an hour. I mean, that, that, wow. that's, that's incredible. Uh, but if, if you look at a picture of this aircraft, you see uh, you can see how they did that. Yes. I mean, it's it's, the, it's you know, it's it's very it's all it's very aerodynamic. It's, all it's in retractable the gear. <laughs> you know, it looks like I mean the whole thing was obviously designed in a wind tunnel. You know? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. You know? So I mean, it it looks very very aerodynamic, uh, and, and but it, comfortable too is uh, from what you say you're getting the feedback on because you know you can make a very aerodynamic aircraft, but one that you really have to cram yourself into. Exactly. You know, yeah. Four seats. That's that's got to be have a certain size to it. Think of the size. How about someone his size getting into this thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how tall are you, Ross? I'm 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six two. Oh, that's no problem. No, prob- <laughs> no well, problem. Well, I will take it on that because <laughs> I'm going to go over there and see. And if it's a problem, I'll let you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're going to see it, pictures it, of him in the cockpit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll get some good pictures of you. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Just to have about two minutes, I'd like to make sure people know where they can find you if they're listening right now on liveatc.net slash SNF. On rightrudderaviation.com. Also, if you're here in Florida, it's a short flight up to Inverness. Go That's hang right. out. Cool airport. Very uh, cool. <laughs> neat little, beautiful area. Uh, so make a day of it. Go check out the aircraft. Do you have any they, they can fly up there at Inverness? Yes. Uh, our demonstrator is based there full time. Um, so if, if you're interested in purchasing a brand new Pipistrel Panthera, um, we do offer demonstration flights for, for buyers. Yep. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to go to some shout-outs here. And, uh, but uh, one thing I, I really appreciate is the fact that there's aircraft manufacturers that are doing something very unique, inspiring us to look at amazing designs 
and making us feel really cool in these new aircraft and, <laughs> and just something that, that actually goes that fast and burns such, you know, sips gas basically yes. is something that's really cool. Plus the big thing is the fit and finish. Uh, well worth the price. I appreciate you coming here and uh, hopefully we'll see you here at the next Sun and Fun show. But don't forget to visit her down at Show Center here uh, at the Pipistrel booth. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, Russ, we're going to turn it on over to you for uh, uh, one of the most uh, amazing aircraft out there. A lot of fun and a company that does a great job bringing the fun to us. Take it away, Russ. Thank you, Carl. We're back on the deck. Uh, Fly SNF. Uh, LiveATC.net slash SNF. FlySNF.org, of course. And joined now by a couple of folks from... Aviat Aircraft. Did I get that right? You nailed it. You oh, nailed right it. Good on. job. I had to write it out phonetically, but I got it. Okay, we, that was Steve Anderson who confirmed that. He is the president of Aviat Aircraft. And I also have Matt Hofelt, who is a director of sales. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Fantastic. So uh, you guys have some very interesting, fun airplanes. Why don't you tell us about what, you, what you're offering? So we're manufacturing the Husky and also the Pitts uh, in Afton, Wyoming. In addition to those two aircraft, we're also... Uh, Building a kit for the Eagle Two, the Kristen Eagle. Kristen Eagle Two. Kristen Eagle. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I think we're all familiar with that. But you, you produce the kit for that. Correct. Yes. So once we'll just take them one at a time. Tell us about the Husky. So the Husky's a Part Twenty Three uh, certified day night IFR VFR uh, bush plane tandem seat. We build them custom for whatever you might want in the airplane including radios uh, seats paint all that stuff is customized to each particular individual and really what we're talking about is a tandem seat big tire stole aircraft uh, high wing pilot in the front passenger in the back loaded up full of goodies and uh and go have one heck of a time essentially wherever you want to go up to and including water uh, we've got a absolutely beautiful Husky brand new on a set of uh, Whipline 2100 floats here at the show, which is their what number? 500th 500th set of floats. So stop by and see that. That's a really, really impressive aircraft to see. Well, it sounds like it. And I mean, this is an airplane that we're talking real adventure flying here. Absolutely. This is not, you know, just flying back and forth between a couple of paved airports, although you certainly could. But I imagine most people purchasing a Husky are looking for a little bit more. I think that a lot of folks, this even is an additional aircraft to kind of their hangar. Might be okay. a second or even even third. And what I've seen in, in the sales side of it is that as folks tend to want to go faster and further and with more, they get to a certain point and they miss where they came from and kind of the, the real freedom and, and feeling of stick and rudder flying. And they look to something that is extremely well-made, very beautiful, very capable in a, in a number of ways, and they find us through that process and perhaps fly their business aircraft or, or traveling aircraft during the week and on the weekends may uh, pull the Husky out of the hangar and, and go have a heck of a good time uh, with that airplane. Well, I think I can understand that. I mean, I do a lot of flying, and a lot of it is on autopilot at higher altitude. Yep. You look out the window and everything kind of looks the same because you're you know, thousands and thousands of feet above it, and you're like, man... It would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Take something like this and you know, up into Idaho or, or those kind of places. Absolutely. And I think that the airplane, of course, many people, when they think of Stoll and Bush aircraft in the United States anyway, think about it in those mountainous 
environments, the Wyoming, the Idaho, uh, that sort of thing. But we have reps that are stationed really all over the country, and each one of them brings something very special with that airplane and the geographic area that they're at. I, I happen to be in Wisconsin, and we have some of the most beautiful grass strip flying uh, in the area with, with farms and, and just absolutely stunning scenery there. So there's absolutely a place and a fit for this airplane no matter where you might be in the country. And I, I see our reps going out and having a great time landing on beaches in Florida and, and all these different things. So it, it's fun no matter where you are. There's some great stuff in Arkansas, for example, that uh, sure. you know we've been kind of introduced to in the last couple of years uh, that you know really is... Um, as good and sometimes better than s- the stuff that we see in Idaho as well. So it's a um, low density altitude Idaho. It is. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And, and there's <laughs> good description. Plenty yeah. of challenging stuff there for for anybody. Uh, you know, not only Huskies but other aircraft as well. And we've uh, fallen in love with that and um, you know some of the events that we have there. So and also seeing a lot of these grassroots stole events cropping up all over the country. And seen a, a huge, huge participation level and interest in that. We're also seeing, you know, as I mentioned before, the, the second and third airplane. We're also seeing, you know, additionally to that, people being interested in aviation for the first time as well by the performance and, and the excitement that these airplanes have been able to offer. So the big tire phenomena is here, and people are very excited about it. Talk a little bit about that uh, big tire phenomenon. As far as you, you mentioned, stole a few times. What are we talking about as far as performance and being able to get in and out of tiny little areas? Yes, yeah, so, uh, in the Husky. So, uh, short takeoff landing. The, the Husky uh, at our facility in Wisconsin, we offer a brand new Husky for training, and a lot of folks coming in are looking for not just tailwheel, but in, in dock to, to you know stole and and even some advanced stuff. And they come in, and we really are trying to work them back to about a two and three hundred foot environment. Really? Absolutely. Pretty short. <laughs> Pretty darn short. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, you? Still have to. You want to get somewhere too. So how about cruise performance on the top end? So typically, cruise performance in a, a kind of a standard equipped husky, you're going to be about 110, 115 knots cruise true. That's not uh, bad at all. No, so oh, it, it's no. a it's an airplane that you can do short stuff with, rough stuff with, but you can also, uh, you know, get somewhere. So you could use it as a cross country airplane. Yeah, get get to the interesting places to fly. And to that point, if it is somebody's only airplane, or they're they're going a, a distance to to the fun spot, you know, in Wisconsin, I I may go to to Moab and play around the the Mexican Mountain and the Arches uh, area and that sort of thing. The airplanes come, or can come, fully IFR equipped, TXI touchscreen panel, 750, backup uh, G5, and, and very recently the GFC 500 autopilot. So I have absolutely done instrument approaches with this airplane, which is interesting at the slow speeds, but it's, it, it's a perfectly capable aircraft for that, and the heater works, it's an extremely comfortable airplane, and it's got good endurance. So it, it really is a very, very good and capable airplane in a lot of a, a lot of ways that's definitely not what normal what most people think of as a normal kind of backcountry stole airplane mm-hmm. you know, uh, glass panels and autopilots and everything else right? yeah it's extremely capable and uh, it's well equipped you know it's the stuff that people want now yeah. um, you know as they come out of other airplanes as Matt mentioned sometimes people have other 
you know, go fast airplanes. And uh, this one, you know, they feel at home when they climb out of their Cirrus or whatever else it might be uh, with the touchscreen uh, avionics. Sounds good. Uh, you also you mentioned a couple other airplanes. We've been talking about Husky a lot, but sure. let's talk about the uh, the Eagle. So the Eagle kit's available from the factory, and um, if you buy one of those things, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can buy the entire kit, or you can buy each kit separately as necessary when you're ready for it. Uh, it uh, I don't know, Matt, what do you... The, the Kristen Eagle is such an interesting airplane that has really such a, a neat and, and marvelous history with the builders. Really, Frank Christensen really... He changed the whole world. Yeah, he pioneered the way. Pioneered the way with, with kit building, where before it was buying plans and, and really sourcing your materials from multiple different vendors. And, and he included everything in this package that they would have a one-stop shop and extremely complete instructions. So there was very little guesswork while putting the airplane together. Yeah. It, it, it is a neat, 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 very, very capable, really high-powered aerobatic biplane and it's stunning to look at uh the 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 rainbow paint scheme feathers are famous classic, really everywhere everywhere yeah. yes yeah. and i remember it in the in the ads for i think it was a, a watch company at one point they had that in an advertisement and that's uh charlie hillard right and Poberesny, i think flew those yeah yeah, uh-huh. the, yeah the, the, the 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 team's airplanes three of them hang in the foyer of the eaa museum in that's Oshkosh. right that's and right. then there, additionally, because of the contributions that he made, there's a fourth one hanging in the back with all of the, the manuals and things like that. So it is, without question, the most represented model at EAA uh, in the, in the uh, museum at, at a total It sure form. is. It sure is. Well, guys, we appreciate your coming. Make sure you tell us again where they can find you on the Internet and also where they can find you show, on the show. Okay, so you can find us at www.aviataircraft.com. And uh, we're across the street from the FAA building. Big red flags. They say Aviat Aircraft on them. You can't miss it. Awesome. Russ Rosleski, thanks again. We really appreciate everything you guys do, especially keeping the dream alive with your aircraft. Well, you're listening on 1510 AM, liveatc.net. Joining us on the deck here today is Russ Rosleski. Hey, Russ, how's it going again? Still doing great, Carl. It's been a great show. It has been. And today we have with us somebody who's uh, we've been across from for quite some time. Uh, Air Show Center here, and that's uh, David Bush from from Honda Generators, the people that keep the lights on when we have those storms. Hey, welcome, David. I appreciate you coming here. Yeah, no, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, so we- it's uh, interesting uh, sun and fun this year. So, well, I was going to get to that, but we'll, let's start there. Uh, sun and fun, I, in my perspective, I think is a lot busier than I expected. How's it been out here as a vendor? You know, it's uh, unfortunately this year we weren't able to have our large uh, sponsor display, but we put our dealer uh, in our spot as well as Ramona, so uh, we, we kept that um, exposure there. Um, you know, it's one of those things. We're out on the uh, ramp with our RV uh, for Aeroshell, and uh, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what was going to happen, but it's incredible the number of people um, that are out here this year. I. Uh, check the registrations for uh, the pilots uh, that they, we, we support them, and uh, they had registered 463 planes. Wow. Um, that was uh, up through uh, last night. So that's some 
very uh, high numbers, which, you know, I love to see that. I love to see everybody want to come out again. That's awesome. Hey, you know, you guys are doing a sweepstakes. I forgot to, I should have been telling folks this whole time. Uh, They're giving away a a Honda generator, actually, and uh, they're also giving away some other things. Tell us a little bit about the giveaway that you have. Yeah, so we, um, you can actually sign up for it. Uh, We have it in the in-flight magazine. We have a QR code that you can scan in there and uh, enter it can enter it as well on uh, flysunandfun.org and then we also have uh, Ramona across uh, from us here that uh, is running the uh, sweepstakes uh, as well and we have some banners throughout the park so uh, plenty of ways to to register uh, for the EU 2200 generator. Yeah if you haven't seen Ramona she's over there in in her camper also Skychick and uh, and also don't forget that uh, she'll be on tomorrow we can't wait to talk to her a little bit more uh, very inspirational, that, that's for sure. Well, and uh, as far as the generators, uh, great advocate of them. Especially since you ever seen her do these uh, little adventures out through in the in the bush, I call it. She's all over, and she uses the Honda generator. Well, I tell you what, I, w- I wish I had one of your generators a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from Oklahoma City, and we had all that weather, and we had so ice storms and stuff. We had our power out for about a week or so uh, earlier in the year, and we have a generator. Yeah, and the whole neighborhood knows we have a generator because it was loud. Well, we uh, <laughs> after this, we may have to get together and see if we can help you out. To, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll come on by and see, see what we can do because, <laughs> yeah, it was it was keeping people awake, I think. But, but yeah, so lots of great things over there, Honda Generators, of course. Uh, you're also sponsoring some acts, are you not? Yeah, actually they are. What are they, what are they sponsoring as far as the acts are concerned? Uh, the, the, uh, as far as, uh, Rush, you were saying, the sponsorship of the... Uh, Oh, Aero, yeah, Aeroshell. That's oh, what we're talking about. Yeah, sorry about that. I, Axe is what he's talking about. I, I think shows. I've been around too many loud planes. Too many airplanes. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah that's all right. So, uh, yeah, we are a sponsor of the uh, Aeroshell aerobatic team, um, and we actually do have uh, some sign-ups. I actually put two people up this morning um, through registrations uh, at the pilot uh, registration, uh, as well as with Sun and Fun folks. We, we put a rider up, um, you know, it's an incredible experience. Um, it's, you know, I've had the opportunity to do it, and uh, it's kind of once in a lifetime uh, op- opportunity. I kind of want to hear more about that, Carl. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So you you went, you went to ride along with the Aeroshell team? Yes, I have uh, done that. Um, actually, I did it uh, several years ago. They they like to try to get me up as much as they can, but you know, it's. Something that through our sponsorship that we uh, offer to you know people that register um, and, and just you know people that uh, you know mean a lot to us and um, so no it, uh, they do the first four uh, maneuvers of their uh, show so you, you get a little experience of, of what it's like and um, cool. it's it's a great time that's awesome I want to do that. I do as well, but <laughs> probably a line for that. I'm I sure imagine. It is. Yeah, a lot of people. We really appreciate what you do, especially uh, sponsoring uh, right here the Sun and Fun and, and everything that you've done for here on the show. You know, it, it's been incredible having you as a sponsor all these years, and uh, and the fact also the one year when we lost power, you brought us up uh, within minutes. It was Great. absolutely phenomenal. And if you get a chance, go check them out. They're across from the Sunset Grill. Check out the Honda generators. Uh, we do have to mention, though, on the generators, I think uh, a lot of people know you for the smaller generators, uh, but I, I'm not sure if they know all the different generators you have. So give us the range in the products that you have. So uh, what most people know us uh, 
four are super quiet generators. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves those. They range from uh, 1,000 watt up to 7,000 watt. Uh, we also have our uh, economy series, which we have uh, 4,000 to 6,500 watt. And then we have our deluxe, which are our EM 5,000 and 6,500. And then for our uh, EB series, which is construction, we have 2,200 uh, all the way up to a 10,000 watt. So um, wide range for, you know, work, home, and play, and that's, you know, how we, uh, how we look at it, work, home, play. Work, home, play, and uh, someone like myself who's in the motorhomes, uh, you know, we want to bring those out with us and say we want to bring some power, especially if we're going out on, on a hiking uh, trip, that kind of thing. It's amazing, too, how quiet it is. People won't, won't even hear it. You know, we've had them out, and, uh, and people are like, you have a generator? Where is it? Can you turn it on for me? Uh, it is on. <laughs> you know? That's, uh, we... we you know that's kind of what people know us for and uh you know we we love to hear those stories uh it's funny out at the pilot registration i have a 3000 out there uh, for charging your phones if uh you're out there and you're you're a little bit low uh, you can stop by there um, but yeah the person had to get up right next to it to see if it was actually running so <laughs> it was uh, I, I i wish i could get more pictures like that so. yeah what a what a testament to that we uh as far as finding you online, though, we, before the, and by the way, we're going to go to the air show fairly soon here. Uh, finding you online, where can they find you? Uh, so you can uh, reach out to us at uh, gen.honda.com uh, or powerequipment.honda.com or uh, through our corporate site, honda.com. Honda.com, gen.honda.com. And uh, what was the other one? Power, uh, power Equipment. Power Equipment. Uh, uh, Honda.com. Honda.com. Honda does so much. Uh, another thing that they do, uh, they are into airplanes besides just the show here, and that's the Honda Jet. They are, yes. Really that, cool. That was, and, and while we were speaking, I queued up the airplane, and the Honda Jet just took off. I mean, you know, and that, that's actually something that I've seen more and more as I was flying throughout, I think it's what, Greensboro they're based out of. Yeah, uh, so uh, our, our world headquarters is in Greensboro. And the uh, production is in Greensboro as well. Um, we actually had one uh, out here earlier this week. Uh, I was on runway 523. Unfortunately, they had to uh, get out this morning. But um, again, uh, this past year, they were uh, achieved the highest sales in their uh, category. So every year, uh, in the last four years, they've been uh, you know top sales in their category. So that's a testament to uh, the Honda Jet. Awesome. What other products do people uh, not associate with Honda? There's a few other things that I think that you have. Like- you know, it's it was funny because when I first started uh, at Honda, I, I go, I didn't even know they made lawnmowers. Uh, right. So so we have lawnmowers, uh, we have marine engines, um, trimmers, uh, brush cutters, um, snow throwers. I mean, we really have a full line of uh, power products. And that's actually something that I think uh, people appreciate because of the engineering. Honda does build very good equipment, and they're in it for the long run. I think that was one thing that I was impressed, uh, especially just the Honda Jet, for instance. Uh, remember them talking about the CEO saying, you know, we're not looking at a plane that's going to stay around for just 10 years. We're look, we look at 50 years in the future, and we want this thing to last that long, just like the cars, just like the generators, etc. But uh, David Bush from uh, Honda General, hey, thanks so much for coming here, man. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, look forward to uh, talking to you next year. You know uh, the air show? They're going to be in the air show today, too, right? Yeah. Um, actually, Gene uh, McNeely's going to be flying uh, the Honda Generator uh, T6. Um, I think he's flying here at 1.30, so you'll get to see Honda in the air uh, as well. Very shortly. Actually, we just have a one minute, and we're going to 
hand it over to Air Show Center. Uh, just really appreciate everything they've done, Hondas, Honda generators for us, both as a sponsor and also keeping the electricity on for us, especially when we have a hard rain. The After Landing Checklist. Well, I hope you enjoy those interviews from April 16th at Sun and Fun. We have a couple more days, the 17th and 18th. We're going to play those interviews in the upcoming episodes. Let me know if you're enjoying these. Just stuckmikeavcast.com contact. Also, I talked a lot about some of the uh, scholarships. Uh, don't forget to go to stuckmikeavcast.com slash free and get your free scholarships guide. Over $120 million in scholarships for people of all ages and all backgrounds. It might help you get your next rating. Really appreciate your listening. Until next episode, six flying out there you've been listening to the stuck mike abcast members of the stuck mike abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast compensation may be received in the form of but not limited to referral commissions free products or service trials our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show the Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.